Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to post-episode issues, The Walking Dead, season five, episode 13, Forget. And Joe, if you mention anything about what we talked about before this episode started, I'm going to tie you up outside the walls to a tree, and you're going to wake up screaming, being ripped open by walkers. What the fuck? I love Carol. She's fucking awesome. I, I can't can hold I it back anymore. Cookies? What was that? Can I just have some cookies? No, you can't have any cookies. I'm going to tie you up with a fucking string. I can't contain my excitement for how awesome fucking Carol was in this episode. This wasn't a very, you know, crazy, lot of stuff happening episode, but this oh, might... that shit was crazy. But that shit was, was crazy. crazy. But but fucking Carol, what, every time, every year around this time, we need to have Carol abuse a child somehow? It's like a theme on The Walking Dead. Last season, at this point in time, she oh, killed two kids. Twice this season. Oh, I love when she deals with children. I love Carol. I would watch a spin-off series that was Carol dealing just sorely with children. Oh my gosh, Joe. What the oh, hell? Tell tell me you don't want her as old man. Oh, <laughs> for our Game of Thrones listeners, they'll understand that. That would be incredible. She would be great in the stage production of Game of Thrones. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time, please hit that subscribe button. And please tell us what you thought of this episode of The uh, Walking Dead. And in general, what you thought of this season. You can share it in the comment section below if you're with us live. You can share it in the chat room. Thank you, Tara Chan, who's already been jumping in the chat room. She's got a lot to say. We'll get to all your comments that you had a, that you were talking about. Uh, but, and uh, also like to thank John C. Riley, who's out there listening, and Anna Banana, who uh, got your tweets as well that we'll talk about on the show. What an amazing episode. Definitely, this season of The Walking Dead is a lot of different than what we're used to. A lot of not quite the norm. Episodes that have uh, a strange kind of feel to it. This was a very, as Tara Chan was saying, a very multi-layered episode that I have a feeling I'm going to pick up a lot more on the more I watch it, Joe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot to notice in this episode that even even in other episodes, every time I do a rewatch, there's things I didn't notice that are actually <laughs> kind of pretty relevant. You know, like for for example, last week, uh, there's a little there's a little moment when Carol, Daryl, and Rick meet between the two houses and they're talking. And Carol just turns towards the neighborhood <laughs> with this huge smile on her face as they're talking about, you know, potentially taking over the neighborhood should they need to, or the community. And that smile is completely inappropriate for the conversation <laughs> they're having, but that smile isn't for the two that she's talking to. That smile was for everybody out there, and she had it on her face the whole time. It keeping was up appearances. Oh, it, it was yep. yeah. She is. She was. She was great. Let's go to the comment like section. All, so there's so there's things that you'll notice that will become more relevant after watching it than were relevant the first time you watched it, even though. You watched it all the way through and be like, oh, yeah, this little thing here at the beginning is, you know. Absolutely. Especially with her as she's laying her seeds of discontent. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Here we go. Tara Chan says, uh, s says uh, yeah, Carol went off the fucking deep end tonight. Uh, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. A fucking amazing. Melody O'Vision, yes, Carol was awesome. Jay Thompson, damn, Carol went full Shane tonight. No, she went fucking Carol tonight. She went no, full. She didn't go Shane. She didn't go Carol. She went fucking, uh, like, fucking creepy uncle. 
that's where how she went. Like, she went I look wherever yeah, she went. She went. It's our little secret. She went some fucking dark fucking place. She went. She went pervy priest. You're going to hell, little boy. Oh, what a great bowl of spaghetti she too. Sick on his ass. What a great bowl of spaghetti. I agree, Ren Renwood. That was that spaghetti was the best part of the whole episode. The whole stuff about the spaghetti maker. <laughs> I was loving that. It was such dark comedy in this episode. This episode was hilarious. Yeah. It was really one of the funniest episodes. Tara Chan says, please, Morgan, I'm so excited. I'm hoping he's going to show up here somehow, some way. He's going he's gonna to catch up with them. Uh, what's up, guys? Olivella. Welcome, dude. Welcome. Hope, you're, uh, hope your leg's doing all right. Or your foot, your foot, I believe you said you broke. Hope that's doing wanna, better in your I healing. I want to go back and get a better look at that map that they have that the note was written on. Oh, with Morgan? The map pretty plain, and I want to see if it goes right by Alexandria. Mm. The route that he has to where Rick Grimes should go. Let's get a couple of our, our early uh, texters and uh, tweets. Big Kev, what's up, guys? Have a good show tonight. Big Kev, thanks for always checking us out and commenting. Really appreciate it. Anna Banana says, my, my friend Anna Banana says, where is the sun that shines out of my head? Where is the sun? It's dead. Love the Rick song. That At the end of this episode, I no shit, I stood up and I laughed my ass. I like stood up and went, ha, <laughs> ha. And did a belly laugh when Rick was walking when the music kicked in at the last scene of the episode. Fucking hilarious, Anna. I loved it. And a uh, good question from uh, Brohawk Riley, at Brohawk Riley, uh, who says, uh, where the hell is Eugene? Where is Eugene? Eugene? I saw, him, I saw him at the party. Was he at the party? I missed him. I, I blinked for a second. We did get a Maggie sighting tonight. A couple of Maggie sightings. <laughs> And uh, please, more. I actually didn't think it was awesome. I think it was a f <laughs> like a fire and brimstone sermon uh, with apps. Yeah, seemed like with uh, looking for what's happening ahead of time for Gabriel. It seems like that's what Gabriel's been up to as we saw our scenes from next week. But let's get right into this. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. As I mentioned, you can join us, join in with the chat room, or if you're watching this afterwards, join in on the comment section below or email me at igotissuesman at gmail.com. So here we go. The whole episode opens up and Sasha wakes up and she's glancing at family portraits left behind in her new house. Are, are, are we to imagine that these are all dead people? Is she looking at dead people? Well, yeah, I, I would imagine so, or maybe just people that aren't in town anymore. It was interesting because when in the house, when they first went in these houses, there were empty picture frames piled up on one of like the benches or door, by the doorway. So it was just interesting that they cleared out a bunch of the pictures, but just not all of the pictures. Mm. That was kind of strange for me. Yeah, not in Sasha's room. The pictures, the family pictures are still. And that would be creepy for anybody walking into a house and like, it's still got everybody's picture on the wall, and you're like, here, move on in, yeah. don't worry. Having, oh, no, 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 these people were from before the apocalypse, not after. Don't yeah. worry about it. Just doing it in normal life is a little weird. Like when you move into a new place and you find some other people's stuff, and you, it gets a little awkward when you start thinking of other people living in your place. It gets even weirder in the zombie apocalypse. Big, like it's already furnished, completely furnished. So <laughs> Big Kev That's says, nice. Carol just likes being invisible. I love her threatening that kid not to tell on the uh, – of the guns she'll give him cookies if he does not yeah great stuff we're gonna talk a lot about that tonight obviously that's the uh that was the fun that was the crazy that was my favorite part of the episode and there was a lot of good stuff that happened in here including a really cool scene with abraham and michonne later in the episode that i enjoyed personally so uh so yeah so she's looking at these pictures of dead people pictures and we see uh 
we see the girl uh, after this, we see her get up and kind of collect up the pictures. And we see that girl, Olivia, from the last episode, who's who seems to be our, she's in charge of all the supplies. She's the gun hoarder and the food supply girl. And she's talking her ear off about, I'm always up in the mornings. I used to work in a coffee shop. My brain gets weird sometimes. I still think I'm talking on my cell phone. You'd hate this girl in the zombie apocalypse. I just, this you, You'd kill her, right? I think there's a lot of people in this town I wouldn't. I would feel very like the the scene with Sasha at that party is just I don't know. It's true for a lot of people not being in the zombie apocalypse. No one <laughs> might being in the zombie apocalypse. I, I absolutely I can raise my hand here and say I feel that way at parties sometimes. <laughs> you know, like, but and and for, that just highlights it so so much at the party. But that's exactly how I would be feeling trying to have any kind of normal semblance conversation like like what rick was going through with the haircut like you don't even know me why are you going to cut your hair you cut my hair but you know it's all just a little too weird they don't understand what it's like out there they have no clue before we get too far let's get a little bit into the whole a symbolism and the stamp symbolism mixed with uh also connected to the fact of being in Terminus in the last episode of last season being A and being uh, Section A, corner them off in A. I, I think... Yep, and they were in the A trailer. Yep. I tend to agree with you, Tara Chan, that I think it, it it's it's the obvious meaning, uh, in like what Joe was saying too before we were starting, that it's the obvious meaning of it meaning Alexandria and probably a stamp that was left over from the real estate people that were organizing there that, that the kid just found around there and was stamping well, everybody. He had a bunch of stamps. Or whatever. And it was the A instead of the giraffe. But the, uh, but the point where it connects to a lot of other things I think is just pointless symbolism. I To me, the more weird thing that I'm wondering about is the is was the uh the, was it a w carved in the zombie's head that we see at one point i think oh yeah yeah that's a i'm more curious about where that's, that's gonna go first w so that's our first w yeah uh, but the a's if you put it together maybe they're trying to spell ah <laughs> i, I tend the to daryl aaron moment i tend to go towards what tara chan is thinking that it's that's kind of just symbolism thrown in to be symbol to be like we're aware that this is both a and a and haha and rick thinking whoa this could just be the same thing like remembering that and remembering oh the this is just funny that that's the coincidence here, you know, Oh, what a coincidence. Let me, let me dance around to the Bee Gees music. Dun, 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 dun. It was such a weird ending to an episode. And, uh, very, 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 very cool stuff. So we're, we'll get more into that as we, uh, as we get to those sections of the show, I just wanted to talk about it before I forgot about it as we're at the top of the chat section because Tara Chan had a lot of interesting stuff. So you guys can scroll to the top to read what Tara Chan had to say about a lot of that. I think he has a good, uh, good, good, good feel for what's going on in the episode here with that. And then it's some fact stuff mixed with some shit. So, uh, so we see that girl, Olivia, and she's, uh, she's talking about if, uh, Sasha goes out there and, uh, and she, get some meat because she used to cure meat and and she used to make kick-ass pickles too. Uh, oh God, <laughs> this this girl. I, I not even in the zombie apocalypse, I'd be annoyed by this person. 
So, uh, so Sasha, I, I actually really like Sasha in this episode. I'm going to come right out and say it. I, I felt for her and I, I like the direction that they're going with her. Um, I, and I, I can see where they're going and where her story's matching up with some stuff that they did in the books. And, and, and I can feel for what she's going through. And I like what she does here too. So she gathers up the pictures up on the wall and she sets them all up and she uses these pictures of strangers as target practice. Just keep up her skills and, uh, and she's shooting them all and, uh. And after every shot, she's looking over her shoulder for zombies. She wants them. Bring it on. I'll tell you, they did a good job building the tension with that scene. Like, by the end of that scene, I was waiting for something more than, I am my brother's sisters, come and get me. Interesting. The W's. Uh, Tara Chan says, yeah, it probably stands for, it might stand for wolves, possibly, or something like that. We saw it in Tyrese's episode. A lot of the zombies had W's. W's. I, I actually did not remember that. I'll have to rewatch. Uh, really didn't yeah, notice. The one that falls on the, there's a definitely at least the one that falls on the truck that's got the W carved in its head when they ram into the back of the truck trying to get out of the town. Oh, I'm sorry, Terry Chan. I had no clue you were, I had no clue you were a woman. I'm sorry. I'll call you a uh, girl from now on. I apologize. You can call me girl. You can say she. You can be like that 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 uh that bitch of a host Phil uh called me. I'm sorry. Tara, why are you always trying to put labels on things, yo? <laughs> so uh, so she gathers all the pictures, she takes them out, and it's really cool sound mixing as she's shooting the pictures and she's hearing and she's hearing the slurps of uh, zombies like <laughs> as she's uh, as she's shooting them. It's uh it's pr- pretty cool. It's it reminded me of like it would be an interesting board game. You know, you're shooting yeah. shooting the zombie uh, pictures down, and every time you hit a picture, you hear a zombie sound. A <laughs> So then she sits down on a tree stump and she says, kind of quietly but loud enough, come and get me. So she, she's checked the fuck out, huh? She's, she's gone, Joe? Uh, she, like, make up your mind whether you're going to check out or not. But, like, we already went through this Andrea shit, this Beth shit, this, you know, come on, this Tyree shit. He just gave up. So, like, I just feel like if you're going to make this girl want to be fodder, <laughs> just make her fodder already. Let her be fodder. I think they're trying to make her relevant. I think that's what they were trying to do tonight yeah, in some ways. Give her, make the make America more endeared to her. But to me, it's just like ah, one of the problems with shows like NYPD Blue is every single one of the not NYPD like uh, Law and Orders, all the poli- or whatever show, every <laughs> single one of the police officers in a squad squadron has the exact same scene in a different episode, which is like, you know, bring it together, man. You can't be out there risking your life like this to his partner. And then like later on, it will be him doing it to his partner. And then the other guy doing it to this one. And it's like, they can fill out so many episodes with just that crap that it just becomes that crap. Mm-hmm. And I hope they're not doing this again with another character who's already two years deep into the fucking zombie apocalypse on the run without a place like this goddamn town. I could understand if it was these people in town started losing people to bites and they're falling apart. But, you know, enough already, Sasha. Enough already. I know, yeah, okay, yeah, Tyrese just died. Big deal. So didn't Beth. So didn't fucking Herschel. So didn't fucking everybody goddamn else in the fucking world over the last two years. Tara Chan says they either need to kill her or not. They need to make a decision <laughs> with her. Oh, and I, and I, have a, I have a feeling her storyline is probably going to come to some some peak at the end of the season that and it seems like it 
it's almost like if you're watching a reality show and somehow you haven't heard from somebody th through a whole episode and then suddenly you hear them talking a lot and you know they're going to be the next person eliminated. I have a feeling they're trying to go from beginning to end with Sasha with something and that she's not going to be there next season. And they, that's why we're getting a lot of her and not a lot of Maggie or Abraham or some of these other characters that I'm personally more interested in that I'd like to see a little bit more of. But not this is what I want to see. I want to see Coral. I want to see him run up to Did Sasha. We even, oh. go, I had to put a knife through my mother's fucking skull. Get over it. You're fucking 30, you fucking retard. And I'm sorry for the retard use. I'm acting as a 10-year-old who's never actually said the word. <laughs> so so Terry Chan says, I don't think they know what to do with yeah, Sasha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then cut the baby out of his mother's uterus. Come on. What? What do you say? Carl. Oh, what Carl. Carl had to do to his mother. He oh, took yeah. that a lot better than she's taken her, <laughs> her adult brother's fucking dad. Dude, dude, I took that so I took that so out of context. I was like, what are you talking about a uterus for? I, was, I had no clue what you were talking about for a second. I was like, huh, dude, what? I Terry Chan says, I sort of thought they were going to go with the comic Andrea wrote. It seems like they're going a little bit down that direction with her and giving her some of the uh, the highlight points of Andrea's story. Yeah, comic with uh, even losing uh, losing Tyrese is similar to to Dale uh, losing Dale at a similar time for Andrea. Joe and I were talking about that a little bit before the show. Yeah. A and uh, Melody of Vision says, "Yeah, comic Andrea Terrachan. Hey, did you see? Oh, we'll talk. We're gonna talk about the sneak peek. He says Gabriel got some screen time in the sneak peek. We're, we'll talk about that at the at the end. Um. So uh, so yeah. So while at location, uh, we at the location where Rick asked after we get back from our opening theme." We're at the location where Rick lost his blender gun. We see the uh, the triad here: Rick, Carol, Rick, Daryl, and Carol. I keep wanting to do the uh, new heart thing. My brother Larry, my brother Daryl, my other brother Daryl, and uh, they start. <laughs> There's a lot. Like it should be Rick. Ca Carl should be here, so it can be like Rick, Daryl, Carl, and Carl. <laughs> and they start scheming to get their weapons back that were taken when they arrived. Daryl says uh, that a walker is getting closer, and they're kind of uh, stalking this walker getting closer. And he says it won't be long. They talk about how uh, the weapons are just being protected by a latch. Rick goes, just a latch? <laughs> and uh, Rick says we need to make our move sooner rather than later in case uh, we need need them. These people are the luckiest damn people in the world, and they just keep getting luckier. Daryl's like, how do you figure? And he says, I love Daryl's reaction to Rick's answer, too. Because we just got here. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, shit makes yeah, sense. We're here. We're fucking warriors. We've been out there. We know what everything's about. They have, they know not how, they know nothing. Do you, do you know, know what I, John Snow at the wall, my man. Do you know what I really liked about this episode and I really like about Daryl is they don't waste any shit time with him. They don't have him uh, be dragging in the mud. His character moves along. He, he shows growth. They could have had him like belly aching for a couple episodes, but tonight he really showed that he's starting to come out of it and starting to bond with with Aaron and they're really starting to form a friendship which I think is which I think is important and it just showed that like he's I just love what they do with his character and how quickly they move him along and he's just such a force of nature and the way he way he just goes through life it's it's great I I love fucking Darrow Yeah Does Carl now have a New Jersey accent? Yep. They all do. <laughs> the fucking screen hogs. Hey, did you see this? Oh, yeah. Yep. Comic Andrew. Sorry. I'm scrolling around over here. Dun, 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 dun. Here we go. Let's go back. So yeah, it's just the three of them talking about this. And uh, Daryl eventually kills the walker. And uh, Carol's like, 
it's she, oh wait no Daryl's Daryl's about to go kill the walker and Carol in her pretty sweater goes no 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 you don't get to be the lucky one and she goes and shoots shoots it and uh that's smart the best best to uh keep they decide to keep this whole plan between the three of them because it's easier just to stay between the three of them and this is when a walker creeps up on them and it has the w and they oh, and, that's the walker she, she yeah that shot she up. just shot yeah i just meant that that walker had a w on it my notes yeah. were a little backwards as they're as they're walking past it you know carol's exclaiming how they need to look like she was going target practice so they had to empty a bunch of rounds anyway now do you think it's better not like the town's not going to hear Bang, 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 bang. How far away are they? Now, do you think it's the best idea and the best plan for them to just keep it between the three of them? Do you like that plan? I do like that plan because for this plan to work, the everybody's got to act natural. And when there's too many people on it, there's too many people not acting natural. <laughs> Carol is already acting a great part. So, And Daryl doesn't need to. He's just... And the other, yeah, the other two just aren't, wouldn't, they're very cautious and centered people. So, yeah, no, you don't tell everybody else. And when it's time to go, ultimately, it's for the last two years or for whatever portion you've been with this group, we are the 13. Like, in this colony, we're going to be the 13. The 13 that came in all at once, the 13-person large family from all different backgrounds, like, they exclaimed it in the last time they you know they took our weapons now they're splitting us up they gave us all these different jobs they're going to have us in different places all day long but the bottom line is, is we're still going to be the 13 we're still going to be this family yeah so when daryl and carol all three of them raise up and say it's time to fucking fight yeah the other 10 again you're so you're, you're so in fight. game of thrones mode you're like when they raise their banners up to fight the oppression yeah. of the of king Ar i think i said weapons i didn't say banners. no but but i felt the i felt it inspired there joe uh couch masters my great friend if you're into streaming make sure you go and check out this page that i stream at sometimes as well but the couch masters over there on twitch my good friend john riley brohawk riley says hey he said he couldn't even watch the horse attack and yes and uh, terry chan yes says what does the walking dead have against horses god damn it and absolutely i think the walking dead and the movie braveheart have killed more horses are they just both those the directors and the filmmakers I thought it was a little gratuitous it was i mean Nobody, I couldn't walk. We we people with brains can't get close enough to the horse who's running from the zombies. Yep. Ten with a bunch of them and can't get away from six mushy fucking zombies. It was hard to watch. Ren Renwood says, I squeeze shut here too. Yeah. I, I got a little emotional at that point in the episode too. And Ren Renwood also says, Welcome. And then and then, ah, oh, what the fuck? You don't kill the horse first? The, the horse isn't the first thing you put the fucking bullet in. You kill all of those zombies while the horse is laying there in fucking pain. Yeah. It's, it was sad. And then you're like, okay, shoot it. And then you take your sweet-ass fucking time shooting it. <laughs> Ren, Ren, fucking poor majestic horse, you fucking shit fucks. Ren, Ren, Ren says, my gosh, I've missed a lot by coming in late and watching the show about Carl. Thanks for the re review of the drama, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so sorry for any offensive uh terminology yeah, 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 yeah. You, the the, the, the words uh yeah whatever so uh rick wonders uh so back at the rick's house uh he and michonne michonne's looking at herself in the mirror in her new suit and looking how the sword just uh just does and uh terry chan says the uh the horse was trapped uh 
right like trapped inside a fence it was trapped in a fence that was only whatever high it could certainly jump over it and if it got in there it can get out of there I, I, and, it, and, and it was wide enough where it could have run from the six horses, uh, six zombies that had gathered around it. It, it just stood there and it like, oh, it's the mushy, pathetic, the mushy zombies. pathetic zombies that it, a person can push around, <laughs> but the horse can't fucking kick or, or like run from it all, could, the sudden, all the freaking sudden. They did buttons and disappeared. They did buttons a bit. He survived out there for how long? And all of a sudden he's trapped in this fucking fence. <laughs> But dies from the zombies. But right when he's about to get saved, saved dish. Oh, we have Shannon K. Your iTunes podcast at oh two minutes. Two minutes. You're still recording for about a minute and a half. Your conversation just so cute. You really, uh, you really like us. You really do. Oh, thank you, Shannon K. Love you. Love you. Thanks for checking out our iTunes podcast. And that's right, everybody. If you're into uh, checking, if you're into iTunes, please. De- uh, subscribe to our iTunes feed if you, you can check out this podcast audio if you're into that. And thank you, Shannon. Love you. And everyone seems to be loving your loving you right now, Joe. Acoa says, haha, I thought the same thing, Joe. Ren Ren would write Joe. Melody O'Vision's on your side. Uh, Couch Masters rent a cop jackets with Unrick and Michonne. Yep. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Lived here was a cop, so we got you these uh, yeah, here you go. nice windbreakers. Uh, Tara Chan says, when horses run, they sometimes they they have to have enough momentum too. It probably stopped running and it saw a fence, but there were too many to run anywhere. I'll, I'll buy that. But uh, uh, still could have walked away. Anyways, so Michonne says she'll, she'll finally put on the cop jacket. So back on the house, he and Michonne are looking, she's looking at herself in the mirror at her new suit, looking at what the sword does and, and kind of trying to find where the sword might fit in. And, uh, and they start talking about the possible reasons why they might've been made security. Rick wonders if it's a play and Michonne says, no, uh, it's, I mean, we're good at breaking up fights. It makes sense and refers to what we saw in the last episode. And this is a, she gets a little wordy here with what she's saying. And it, she does not for, she might not be doing it for us. She might be doing it for an end, but she wants us to get rid of people. She might be playing us because she does seem smart. It was a little bit of a talking in a circle, but ultimately what she meant was she seems smart and she might be playing us here. We have to keep our keep our eyes open. I mean, she's not as far as the Carol, Rick, and Daryl team, but Michonne's not stupid. She, I mean, she's not completely putting her guard down until maybe the end of the episode when she is. But symbolically, anyways, of putting away the sword, that retiring her samurai nature for a little while. Oh, right, especially in that moment. In that moment. That was some symbolism that I think worked with her hanging up the sword, hanging yeah, up that's, her... That's actually a moment that's in the books, too. Yes, it is. Cool. Absolutely, absolutely yeah. is. There was a few moments like that going on tonight yes. that, w- that were very very parallel. And it's worth saying that the uh, the creators... Yeah, this, of the... This, 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 especially this whole episode, especially mirrored a lot of uh, the book stuff. Yeah. At, yeah. Sure. With variations for characters, for characters that are alive that aren't alive here and there, because that stuff's different. People like people that don't know Daryl's not in the comics, so they have they have Daryl doing a lot of stuff as well. So uh, so before we get too far down that rabbit hole, so uh, Rick, yeah, that's, we got to be careful around that. So uh, so so yeah, so da- we go to Daryl taking a stroll through the wor- woods and. He hears something in the background and he yells, come on out, come on out. And it's Aaron, who's uh, surprised that Daryl can tell the difference between a walker creeping up and another human just from the sound they make. This this point must have driven you a little crazy because they get into the sound walkers make sneaking up. You must have uh, got the, got your Joe blood boiling a little bit, you think? I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. Like, 
the, sometimes these walkers just appear a foot away from you and you don't know they're there. Daryl knew this guy was there and not a freaking walker. Yeah. And yeah, uh, what? You don't know the fucking difference freaking sounds make between a person and a freaking walker at this point? And you're <laughs> one of the retrievers, recruiters, whatever it is. I mean, don't the don't walkers make a very specific sound except for humans? Isn't isn't that not a difficult thing to do? Like, I don't know. I guess unless unless they're coming in to get you, right? They they do have super stealth mode. We know this. <laughs> they do they have come you. out of nowhere. They pop up from behind trees <laughs> in the middle of the woods that are covered in leaves and shit. And I know. Like, I twist my ankle in the fucking woods and fall down. Zombies stumble right They're fine. They're like weeble wobbles. <laughs> Ren Ren would, yes, that is a katana sword. And uh, Territrid says, yeah, you're new, Ren. And yeah, to the Walking Dead, uh, we're, it's our fault. And she's blaming it on us now. Uh, it's our we've We've made Ren Ren would watch The Walking Dead because she's, she's so uh, loyal to us. We love you, Ren. So she started watch, walking The Walking Dead watching The Walking Dead just so she can participate in the podcast. So we really we really do appreciate that. That's fucking awesome. That is true. That, love. That's love. Yeah, we really do love. She mentioned you in her, in her uh, reasons for watching. <laughs> yes, Katie, you got mentioned as well in that too. So, uh, so yeah, so Daryl... So it's Daryl and Aaron, and I, I love these two together. They they were they were really an awesome pair pair in this episode. And so he bumps and he yells and comes out. He says he's surprised Daryl can tell the difference between a walker and a man creeping up just by the sound. Daryl says uh, he asks if uh, and he also says, "Can you tell the difference between a good guy and a bad guy?" And uh, he says and he makes a dig at Rick and he says Rick can't tell, which which I thought is a little 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 little. Little fuck you to your boss there, you know. Little uh, you know, Rick's, Rick's a little dicky there, and and I mean, I, I don't know about that. I I think I definitely do think the more time goes on, I the more I do believe Aaron is a good guy. If if we're gonna put things in simple terms, I think Aaron is. I believe I believe him. He's very genuine. The the setup of him and Eric being separated from the group a little bit, uh, definitely added a lot to. To trusting him over some of the drinking the Kool Aidness that seems to be going on in Alexandria here a little bit. Yeah. They and they gave him toys and spaghetti, Katie. Yeah, they the, the spaghetti the like he had never eaten before. Like ah, it was a fierce sauce. I yep. want to miss the sauce. They really were d adorable tonight, as uh, Terry Tran said. Uh, so Daryl just looks he, and he says he can tell the difference between a good guy and bad guy. Rick can't. And uh, is that and uh, and Daryl says that eh, doesn't matter. And and Aaron says, "Is that what you think of your people?" And and he goes, "I know what you were doing out here. You're hunt. You're hunting rabbit. You're hunting rabbits. And can I join you? I'll keep quiet. Yeah, you keep quiet. You come with me." So then we go back to Deanna's house, and she's explaining more uh, to about to Rick and Michonne about what they need them to do in the community: protect and serve. People will listen. We've got awesome windbreakers, as uh, Couch, as Couchmaster said. We've Don't got respect us because we have the windbreakers. We have the windbreakers. We have the shield, Joe. The fucking shield. <laughs> and she says also in the best politician answer ever, because I say so. It's like your mom telling you, because I say so. They'll do it yeah. because I say so. Yeah. Also, I don't like this woman they too. They give um, they give Rick a gun, right? <laughs> 
they, they did. I mean, my whole thing with this woman is, I guess I, I liked her a lot more in last episode. This, I see her more her agenda in this episode. And again, she, she definitely wants people drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the leader. She is a very creepy leader. She is president. That's her role. And she's going to do everything she can to keep it. And like she's doling out jobs. Like, you, what do you want me to, what if I don't want to be what you want me to be? What if I don't want to be any of that shit? Hmm. So she I can't I can't stay people. here now because I don't fit into your little fucking view of how I should be. At some we were point, you know? Joe, we were talking so opening to all thirteen of these people, but cross her and our three people got exiled. That's a fucking huge that like that hasn't been brought up again. Oh, they got exiled. Why? why? Why did they get exiled? How did they cross you? How did they try to take your power? How did they did they hurt someone? Why were they fucking exiled? That's a big question. I'll mention it again, Joe, just because I think it's going to be relevant with uh, the whole thing with the movie The Beach with Leonardo DiCaprio when they have the perfect little island and the perfect setup. And you have that woman that eventually just goes a little nutty and starts casting people out that don't fit into her perfect thing. Someone gets hurt. Oh, someone's hurt and crying. We got to go put them out in the woods because they're annoying people now. And that's messing with our perfect life. And maybe she seems a little bit like a, a little like that kind of character. They have like the the vote, but sure, if you don't vote the way you're supposed to, it's gonna be bad news for you. Yeah, Terry Chan, Chan said it right, and it's kind of what you're saying there too, Joe. Uh, she was more threatening in this episode, much better fitted of character than if we're going to the comics, someone someone named Douglas, which she's matched up with a little bit. So at Deanna's house, she explains a bit more about Rick and Michonne's duties, as we said, protect and serve, and because she, she says so. And it's the uniforms. It's as uh, Couch was saying earlier, the uh, the uh, rent-a-cop uniforms that were doing it. She also we get a Ma Maggie's here. Yeah, everyone, Maggie's here. Hi, Maggie has a hi, 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 hi I'm Maggie. <laughs> I'm gonna be brainwashed in this scene. I'm She's some. Smile, just can, like can I do a Joe rant here? Can I do if I gotta do a Joe rant here? What the fuck are they doing? To, what do they lobotomize Maggie? When would Maggie ever be in a fucking position to be this kind of person, be this goddamn brainwashed? And she's just like, huh, okay. Is she that? Is she? It's, I can't. I don't believe it's because she's p so horrified because of what happened to Beth now that she's lost any individuality. You're telling me Glenn's letting her be like this? I'm not saying Glenn has to control her. I just mean they have a good balance of power with each other that he'd never let her act this dumbassery. I'm sorry. I'm pissed off what they're doing with Maggie. Well, they're fucking Maggie what, up. Here's what I'm upset about too with Maggie. Sorry, Joe. Is we got a good a good opportunity <laughs> last week when Glenn was getting pushed around in the street and yeah glenn held his own and sure daryl had his back why didn't maggie where was maggie the the coming up behind him why yeah right why didn't maggie fucking step forward and deck that dude coming up from behind like mm. glenn handled the dude that he was squaring off to hell I wouldn't have been upset if she came running up and kicked that dude in the side of the fucking face when he was on the ground. I would have been okay with that. You were fucking pushing my husband. They should have all jumped on top of him. Welcome. It's simple. Joe. This dude is pushing her. They're not trying to kill people, I know. But still. Dude, you try to fight my brothers and it's on with me. Period. Period. Plain and simple. Period. 
<laughs> MLH, welcome to the room, MLH. Yay, Couchmaster. Where the fuck is Eugene? Yes, Terrachan, I will not get caught up. Melody Vision, yep, I'll uh, skip over that one. Oavella, maybe uh, Carol has Maggie putting on a front too. That would be awesome if it was the case. And that's the only thing I can think. Good point. DJ, Good point. DJ Mia. Uh, who, who said that? Maybe. Uh, Olavella said that. Olavella, thank you. Uh, good point. Maybe, and that's what I keep thinking is she's just got this smile on her face. She's going about it. Good, good point. Maybe she's doing exactly what Carol's doing and pretending to be this, you know, do you have a, an, a, a whatever lead she said. Good, good point, DJ, too. Maggie needs something to believe in. So maybe she's just in a position where she's very yes. influential. Influential. Um, MLH says Gabriel's going to be in the next. Next episode, uh, nobody cares about them. Most audience want them gone. They die and suddenly have a huge fan base like Beth. Uh, no, Gabriel isn't cutesy, a cutesy girl that they can ship with Daryl, so no fan base for him. That, or a cutesy white girl, yeah, exactly. Uh, MLH, oh, you guys are funny as hell. So, so she explains that Maggie will be helping her with the politics, that she had a vision that one day the community will be a town and be servicing a government, political trade, trade a trade store, commerce, a civilization, real life. And Rick just looks at her like... <laughs> it, and uh, then Maggie gets a line and says, and she goes, what? Or uh, Deanna goes, does that sound stupid? Or said something to that effect. Does that sound stupid? And Maggie gets a line, everybody. She says, no, no. Then Rick says, okay, enough bullshit. Can we talk security? He just changes the subject. He's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> enough bullshit. Can we just talk security? Maggie, talk about drinking the Kool-Aid. She's just mouth open. No, no, no. I love it here. I love it. I do love it. I don't agree, guys. I think, I think, uh, I don't, <laughs> A. Cola. Oh, my fucking God. I, do, I don't agree, guys. I don't think Maggie's as smart as Carol. I, I, I'm <laughs> just hoping she is. I'm just hoping she is. That's the only thing I can think, you know, because it's, it's kind of like, uh, Ren Renwood wants to be in your family, Joe. She was, she, she asked, she wants to be in your family, family. And, and uh, Couchmaster says, we've got to form the Joe cult. <laughs> oh no no he excuse me he's talking more about uh i'm gabriel he said cult 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 talking about gabriel and that's what i started thinking with everybody with the a's on their hand and as she at the at the very end when she's walking down the street and she flashes rick the a yeah that was weird i'm like oh my god it's so culty <laughs> so, and then i started thinking about the walls are made to look like they're made to keep people in almost they're like reverse engineered somehow Tom Raber, welcome to the room. Welcome to uh, welcome to the issues program. Uh, Big Kev says top flight security of the world. <laughs> Just need a whistle and some mace in there. They'll be in a good shape at this place. So so yeah. So outside, Rick. This is a good transition to the security. Rick's let Rick goes. Yeah, enough of this bullshit. Let's go talk about security. Uh, DJ Better says yes. The A was creepy. Olavella says except when she was uh, scaring the shit out of the little kid. Yeah, fucking Carol. Okay, you guys can scroll up to watch some of the read some of the amazing rants that uh, Terra Chan get on got on early about the A. So outside, Rick tells her how to fix uh, the security. We need constant controls, not just people handling dangerous situations as they come up. Now, anyone can climb right up to the wall. We did it. We got right outside. That's what we did. People right now are the real threat. And she basically just tells them, I can't have everyone walking around with guns. It just, yeah. it just yeah, doesn't work. They're all super offended. And that's not her walking around with a gun. 
I mean, yeah, maybe maybe she already reads Sasha enough to know Sasha's in a weird fucking place and shouldn't necessarily be in a bell tower with a fucking gun. Right. This this is before Sasha comes up initially that Rick's just telling her she needs to sit up. So it's more right away. I agree with her read on Sasha's pretty good, but she's I think she just doesn't want the guns because of her illusion of everything that she's trying to create. You have people walking around with guns. It messes with this bullshit thing that she's trying to sell to people. Well, it means that it's easier for someone to pull one and put it in her face when it comes down to it. Mm, very true. It's easier for her to exile someone out of the town if they don't have a gun that they can shoot you with for saying you're going to be forced out of town. Right. It allows her to keep up her ty- tyrannical rule if... You know, and, and for that matter, like like Rick said, you can just walk over these fucking walls. <laughs> really, these walls are... I would come here in the middle of the night and I would kill you all and take what i wanted yeah and he's really why didn't these three exiled people why aren't they doing that why didn't they raid the fucking storehouse i don't know come over that wall bash through the windows take a bunch of guns take a bunch of fucking food i don't think it's as simple as that they're dead though joe it it can't be that simple she the way they mentioned they wouldn't have brought them up if something about them if we're either gonna find some if they even exist maybe they don't even exist maybe they don't exist maybe we're gonna find out that she didn't just exile them she killed them first and then buried the body somewhere i mean maybe maybe we'll find them as zombies definitely fucking sketchy there's some sketchy shit yeah so So sketchy sketchy. yeah should be rick's rick should be in like super like (laughs) keep your knife ready for the back of this bitch's fucking skull yeah this girl do not trust this woman this woman's definitely sketchball city she is definitely smiling through her teeth (laughs) so so yeah rick said rick is trying to explain to her how to make everything safe and he says listen make the changes i say and uh you make the changes we I say, or we won't have to. It's a very subtle little line he says, but he makes it clear that either she better do this or they're going to do it. It's not if they're going to do it. It's not are we allowed to do this. Do it or we're doing it. Right, and, and really unbelievably foolish that there isn't someone up there and watching there. This is when Sasha comes up and she approaches them and says she wants to be the person in the oh. bell tower with a sniper rifle. And Rick goes, oh, who's up there now? And, and Deanna says, no one's been up there. So just an empty gun. No one. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, um... In fairness, they didn't have anyone in the tower at the... Uh, at the prison either to watch when the governor just showed up front with a tank. So, so they've learned they from let their, they let their guard down. They right. The they learned from that he had fled. Right. They know, they know they've learned from mistake. They've learned from their own mistake here. So they, this is one of those times that we hear that. And that's why I'm still so upset. <laughs> Robert Kirkman and the rest of you fucks over there. Give us an escape plan. Why don't you have one? Why didn't you lay one out for us? At least if something does go down, they better be following one at this point. It was such a disaster for them all after the fucking prison. Interesting. Terry Tran said they, they haven't been out there. The people out there, they haven't been hardened. I wonder just how many people in this area, in this group, were people, we talked a little bit about this last week, are people that got brought in from the outside. We didn't get anything more with Carl's girl tonight or anything with uh, some of the other people that might have been brought in by Aaron and Eric over the years that are more like the people like like Rick and his group that have actually she been out there. She said they didn't brought anybody in in a long time. Right. She did mention that. Um, well, at least, and it's been at least maybe for three months since they brought the girl in, and then who knows how long before that. What, Terry Chan says, "What does Deanna have against Sasha?" And uh, that was a good call. I, but if if okay, what she has against Sasha is this: if she's a good a poker player and reader and politician as she says she is, 
she knows from the interview, which we probably only saw like a few seconds of and not a lot of, that this woman is not in a stable place well before the episode at the party. So she hasn't come up with any, maybe she would have thought she would have been good in the guard tower, would have been good out on raids or good out on, on any of these other things, but she knows that she's suffering right now and is probably no good at for anybody at anything at the moment or just unstable yeah exactly exactly what you said joe and uh uh anna banana also says very raspberry uh one on twitter says something happened on that tower dot 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 so maybe uh something else happened up there that they don't go up there anymore very interesting interesting point uh so d sasha approaches them and says she wants to be the person in the bell tower she wants to be with her sniper rifle she's pretty serious about being up there doing as much shifts as she can now deanna does not like the idea she's like we don't need it and uh sasha says that i want to do it and maggie says listen sasha's maggie gets another line sasha's a good shot She's our yeah, best shooter. She's she, our best she, shooter. She's one of our best shooters. And she is. She is. They've yeah. set that up. They yeah. set that up from the beginning. They have. They've set it up since uh, Mayberry. Excuse me, Woodbury. That Sasha's a, a better shot than Tyrese and one of the best shots in the group. Because uh, Tyrese couldn't shoot worse shit. The, she took it to it just like Andrea did. Yep. Just like yeah. Took it just like Andrea took to it. Uh, Deanna says, fine on uh, Sasha, you can take a shift. You're not taking tonight's shift. I'm going to put some other guy up there. But you can you can take a shift if you on one condition. We're having a party, and you have to come. You know what? I say no. I go, fuck you. I'm not going to a party. Screw you. Party. No, I'm, nah, going I'm kidding. I'm going, party. To the par- I'm going to the party. I want to know my enemy. It's not necessarily so that they can get to know me, but I'm going to want to get to know all of them, too. And... You can pick up a lot about a lot of people just by, you know, like what Sasha was doing, just keeping quiet and watching and observing and listening and, and all of that. Yeah, sure, you'll have your conversations, you'll mingle and all this shit, but there's one thing you better not be fucking doing, and that is my strict rule of no fucking drinking, period. Like, that shit Okay, we're, we're, we're going to get to that in a second. I have a few questions about the drinking. You, were you really, were you salivating? at the, Rick took the drink. Did, were you pissed off Rick took the drink? If all he took was one sip, if it was just to like he seemed a little guy at ease and just take the cup and do the cheer, then he... that's one thing. But if it's like I'm gonna have a few glasses of fucking whiskey right now, then that's something completely different. No, I'm sorry. He but got the schnarl. The apocalypse. There should be no drinking. Rick got the drunk schnarl where he was just walking around that room like kissed girl on the cheek. Yeah, like he he and he wanted more. He, he the went in for girl's lips have touched since Laurie. That he... wasn't Judith. He was begging that guy to do something. He's like, "Listen, Doctor Dickhead, make a make a move, Doctor Dickhead." Yeah, no, he was. Yeah, he's definitely. Uh, Her son. Okay, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was Deanna's son that got the shift. Thank you, Couchmaster. Thank you, the Couchmaster, John Brohawk Riley. Now, uh, Carol is. We cut over after this to uh, Carol who uh, is playing Miss uh, Neighborhood Recipe Lady, talking about the cookies. She's talking about recipes. And she's like, wait, I'll be back in one second, girl. And she walks over to Rick and immediately shifts in tone. Oh, I fucking love Carol. I can't say it enough how much I love Carol in this episode. Super sly Carol, she discusses with Rick and just in a matter of a moment, switches side. Carol would be great playing the Game of Thrones. She, she's just... She's just amazing at the two-faced shit. And yeah, very, uh, very duplicitous. 
very duplicitous. And she she goes and they get into their plan to steal the guns. They talk about the party. It's a perfect opportunity. The armory is right near where the party is going to be. And Rick's like, do you need me to do it? Or Daryl can't do it because everyone's watching him. And she goes, and you can't do it, Rick, because you're the constable and you need to be at the party because they'll notice that you're gone. Yeah, where's, Car where's Carl's dad? Yeah, where's Carl's dad? And Carol says, and someone said it earlier in the, it was one of the first comments we said in the day. She says, probably one of the best lines I've heard her say. Uh, she says, listen, I'm perfect and this is great timing. I love this place. I get to be invisible again. And what she really means by that is, is people don't see her for being the probably, if not the biggest badass in the group, definitely top three bit biggest badass in that group. And she, she alone blew up Terminus. Alone blew up Terminus. She went Rambo. Well, and, and she put down two little girls. Yeah, she, she's pretty much. One little girl. If you need something, if you need the person to do something bad, if uh, to do a Godfather thing and people understand they don't, she's she's the Luca Brazzi. She's the person. She's Rick's person that when the thing done. Yeah, you go to Carol. She's the one. <laughs> yeah, she's she's definitely a badass. Yeah, she is. She is. She, she got herself run over by a car, but but still, but, snatched but, up, taken to the hospital. Yeah, but did it kill her? No, she kept fucking rolling, and now she's she's she's. Fucking awesome. So, uh, so yeah, she, she's happy she's invisible again. So then we go back outside the walls and we see Daryl and Aaron stumbling across a horse. Aaron states that they've been trying to catch him for, for months. His name is Buttons. One Buttons. The, <laughs> Buttons will never... I'm very upset about the outcome with Buttons. We'll never see his ilk again. No, we might, but probably not. But that was... That was ah. Okay, so we have this bonding moment for the, these okay, two Okay, Joe, before you get into it, did you even think for a second when we met Buttons that Buttons wouldn't be eaten by the end of the episode? I mean, I knew they were going to do that. I had the flash in my mind. I was hoping that they were going to give it to Rick. Rick was going to have a moment with the horse. Can I ask also a question of our viewers that were watching The Talking Dead? Did we get a Buttons in memoriam in the uh, memoriam section? Please let yeah, us know it. Of course, they, of course there was a buttons. Um, of course, I, of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. I think that was like part of their direct quote. <laughs> oh, was it really? Was it Mr. Ed? Uh, no one could go to a talking horse. Rick, uh, Fernando says Rick versus Joe. Who would win? Oh, that's a good one. Rick, Rick, Rick wins. Rick, Rick beats Joe. Rick beats I Joe. I like Rick's re leadership style. I am his secure left-hand man because Daryl is his right. Um, um, I'm a, I'm a, down team Rick the whole way. Put a bullet in Shane's fucking head, cut that baby out of Laurie, and let's move on. <laughs> DJ Better says, I really thought Buttons was going to make it. I think we all wanted Buttons to make it. Couchmaster says, love her lie to that guy who wanted to show her some moves. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to show you your moves. And she's like, yeah, yeah, of course I'll work. I'll help you. Uh, sure, whatever, Captain Falcon. Uh, Olavella says, yes, that invisible line was amazing. And DJ Better said, I had to tell my kids to stop laughing when she was telling her story to the kid because I was missing the dialogue. Yeah, that was fucking great. I that man was great. I knew, but Olavella says I knew Buttons was uh, going to go down. Yes, there was uh, was a memory moment. 
It was sad. I definitely got emotional in that moment. Anna Banana said, loving the Carol takes the extra chocolate. I, that was the best part of that scene, the fact she snuck the extra chocolate. Too. I was like, what's she, do, what she doing with that? Is that? Did that really happen? I, I rewound that and watched that part again. Yeah, fuck that. If I'm going to take a bunch of guns, I'm taking the other half of that chocolate yeah, part. Too. Yeah. It's not. We, she's you have, a real woman right yeah, there. You have to go easy on the chocolate, my ass. Chocolate's just as important as those guns. Yeah, at 100%. Am I wrong, Katie? <laughs> yeah the chocolate's way chocolate is way more important in the zombie apocalypse than guns when it really comes down to it i mean there's plenty of guns uh, i'm not i'm not I, there's other things in that storehouse i'm going for that's true i'm, I'm going for a box of fucking pasta to cook up my yeah like, pasta pasta would be the biggest deal for me it would yeah, be the first an extra thing. couple boxes or something like that that oh, i can take with me on the road should we have to scoot, scoot now joe if it was the zombie apocalypse and uh would and you what would be the kind of food you would be most excited to account of? would it be pasta Pasta again after after years and years of eating whatever you could would pasta be the most exciting thing you could get or would it be a burger like a big fucking thick burger you can think about that i'll get back to that question for me it would be no, easy i I'd, I'd have to say it would probably be ice cream just, katie uh, yeah for katie it's definitely ice cream there's no doubt about that any flavor but she has some favorites but at the point in the apocalypse if you just saw ice cream <laughs> she'd stab me in the throat to get at it no doubt she might even kill our three cats to get at it and that's that, <laughs> katie i'd be with you for some pizza for a slice of good pizza yeah, there's so many like i'm a th i'm an almost 300 pound man so there's so many good foods out there for this for this guy you know that that's something that's hard to you know like a burger sounds good but like could I make it a buffalo burger? Because those are fucking delicious. Like a Kobe buffalo burger. Do those exist? Kobe lobster. I want Kobe lobster. Okay. Joe says Kobe lobster. A B-Track says fresh, break, br fresh baked bread. Oh, that would be good. Like hot baguette. Mmm. Oh, gosh. Ramen noodles for Terrachan. And, oh, gosh, tastiness. I might go with some SpaghettiOs, too. I, I, that's why we, a couple of weeks ago when they found the – when Abraham found the uh, – Circle, sketty, or what was sketty circles? I think they were called. Uh, I mean, that would be one of my dreams. I'd be, I'd be really, really happy about those spaghettios. And, well, and here's a, here's the thing: no matter what, if this happens, I'm gonna try to be close to a coast because fishies? there's plenty of fish in the yeah. sea, and there's things that just crawl right up on the beach that you can eat—crabs and lobster and shit like that. You know, and that's why, like, they're on the East Coast. They've never once been like, maybe we should try to get towards the coast because at least we'll be able to fish in the ocean. Uh, a couple, couple of quick comments, then we'll get to get back into it for a little bit. Olivella says, it looks like we're all wrong about Daryl being shunned and maybe leaving the group. Daryl has been given a job, it seems. He's happy and... Oh, never had any doubt about Daryl staying. Yeah. Daryl was staying. Daryl's not going anywhere. But Darryl's I think it's... I think what I am Darryl. surprised about and ha or pleasantly surprised about how the relationship between him and Aaron growing, like their friendship is something I didn't necessarily see coming and I like the direction that they're going with it. MLH says pizza for me and Norman said... I Yeah, we talked about this before. Norman said bring the tissues to the season finale and last time he said that, Beth died. And oh, I, I hope it's more than Beth. I won't be satisfied with one death. I want to see half of the half of these thirteen get wiped out. We have too many characters right now. There's no doubt in my mind we can lose half and 
that nobody really cares about, at least half of these characters, some varying degree with, with, I think it's going to be a, I tend to agree with you, Joe. I think it's going to be a bloodbath at the end of the season. I want a bloodbath. I I want to see at least three of our, three or four of our members die and I'll take six. (laughs) Tara Chant, you're, oh, you're an evil bastard, Joe. You're, you're like George R. R. Martin. Squish, 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 squish. (laughs) Yeah, we're squishing your rock. That that was for you, uh, Red Redwood. So Tara Chant says, yeah, they got me. I'm, I'm so glad I'm leaning towards Daryl becoming uh, Dwight. Interesting. Melody O'Vision, Daryl didn't lose that horse. Uh, but it was found uh, found its way back to the green farm. Uh, it remi- or Fernando said it reminded of the horse lost in season two. DJ Better says, no, just the opposite. Now I'm convinced he won't become Dwight. Okay, we'll, we'll let that go on in the chat room and uh, the, the comic talk going on in the chat room while we'll continue here. So while outside the walls, they stumble across the horse, they go after Buttons. Now, uh, Aaron asks if it, uh, or they, they become, they're talking a little bit more about what they did before, what everything that the group went through. And uh, they're, they see the horse and they kind of find the horse and they're kind of creeping in on it. And uh, Ex- excuse me. Um, this is this is before that point though. This is when they initially just go against the go up to the horse before it's attacked by the walkers when they're trying to catch it. Because yeah. Cowboy yeah. Daryl approaches the horse and gets all horse we've whispery done this in it. Before I've seen my group do this before. Yeah, yeah and he, he says we've done this before, and he, he gets all horse whispery. And then, as Katie said, so like six walkers come out and they run away, and the horse runs away, and they fight off uh, Aaron and Daryl fight their way off, and you get to see that Aaron can kick some ass. Aaron, Aaron can definitely hold his own. And uh, then we go to Carol, who's been giving a baking job to make some cookies. She goes and grabs supplies, and she's got a secret recipe, that Daryl. She puts applesauce in the cookies instead of eggs. And only, but she can only That's have a... for Aaron. What was that? That's just for Aaron, the applesauce. <laughs> oh, the applesauce. That, that was very good, yeah. And she only, can, uh, only has a quarter bar of chocolate, and that's, the chocolate's very tricky they can only do so much chocolate yeah so, I think it was a half a bar she got a half she was allowed to take a half a bar yeah and this is olivia our really talky talkity woman and, and here's the thing she's cooking for the party so that's why i don't like i understand things get rationed out so if i was taking food back to my house for us okay you can't give me more than so much chocolate but this is for a party that i'm cooking for everybody so shouldn't we have like chocolate chip cookies is that everybody can fucking enjoy that actually have chocolate chips in them yeah it doesn't have to be like you know uh, a double chocolate death fudge dude dude stop it dude you're making me too hungry stop that shit stop that shit now i'm fucking i want some chocolate i'm a hippie you don't talk about chocolate to a hippie i'll fucking knock your shit down man I want a Snickers bar with i do i want i want a milky way now i really do milky way very tasty so so after this public service announcement from Milky Way, uh, Olivia is uh, someone else shows up and she points uh, she points where the food is in the direction of the food. And these people are in to kind of check out the gu- check out some guns. And uh, Daryl, excuse me, Carol plays this so awesome. She plays that she's kind of afraid and looking over from the distance at the guns, not making eye contact, but kind of casing the room and gets in. And one of the guys goes, oh, are you afraid of guns? And and she's like, oh, golly, I don't know how to use them. I mean, I carried one, but not the, the guns like this. Ooh. And it's this guy named Tobin was the character's name. And yeah. 
and she also, when they're not looking, kind of flips, unlocks the unlocks the window. And Tobin says to her, whenever she wants to learn, he'll teach her how to shoot. What a nice guy. This guy's a nice guy, right, Joe? Yeah, creepy. Katie's first uh, comment was, hello, ex-husband. Or dead <laughs> husband. Ed. Yeah, I couldn't think of his name. Uh, you guys are you guys are so awesome in the chat room, by the way. Thank you so much for keeping the conversation killing in the chat room right there. I know what you guys are talking about. I don't want to talk too much about that out loud, but uh, I, but I definitely love what you guys are talking about. Melody O'Vision says, "Oh, you said it, Joe. I love Snickers." Mm -mm -mm. Richie A, sorry I'm late tonight. Was the stamp on uh, was was the the stamp on Rick? Was that on Gabe, Gabriel's church? Was there an A on Gabriel's church, Joe? I don't remember. I know there was something like like carved into the church, a message for him, but I don't remember a specific A anywhere on the church. I will definitely Yeah, and anyone in the chat room burn for this. And everyone in the chat room that uh that knows I know that was carved in, but I remember there was some stuff drawn on trees. Yeah. I don't know, but definitely, um John C, I gotta say, I wouldn't mind if, if Judith got eaten joe is joe's judith got ripped limb from limb yeah we've joe's oh, she snacks out you pop that pop that baby right in your mouth chew away that's zombie bait right there screaming and yelling all the time what a relief not having to track down baby formula and freaking applesauce and have that like zombie alarm going off every few hours right. crying and then, and then you get to stop worrying <laughs> joe, about you're whether such or not a bad <laughs> oh gosh it just i wouldn't be affected to me it's not like yeah judith is there okay great we get to see a baby every now and then all the humanity and the love and society will go on and oh look she is the hope of the future and all that fucking bullshit there's a reason i don't have kids right? <laughs> that's probably one of them because i definitely wouldn't mind if i saw judith get fucking eaten alive by zombies <laughs> right now or fucking accidentally left behind like all oh, the save yourself leave the baby carl <laughs> you know? in, in honor of you in honor of you john Eat the baby. Eat the fucking I, baby. No, I wouldn't leave my own kids or my nieces and nephews or anything like that behind, and I would die for all of them. But, <laughs> but these aren't your nieces and nephews. These are these are fictitious people in the yeah, in the zombie. Judith baby. They'll yeah. get another one. Yeah, they, they can make another Judith. You have to if they're gonna survive. They need to make more of those. And if you make an omelet, you break a few eggs. You know. You know what they say. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm no. I'm not that person. Come on, Joe. You want to kill the baby? Unless you have a funny punchline about... I don't about, see a problem with it. I, I really don't. I think emotion, like, realistically, all kidding aside, realistically, from the show's standpoint, that's something very powerful that they could do. And I think... And, and if they did that at the end of this season, if that's the moment that Daryl's clamoring to bring tissues for, I would stand up and cheer. <laughs> I think that would be fantastic. What a season finale, be dead baby. B-Track says, uh, Joe uh, steps over dead baby corpses. Confirmed. Confirmed here, folks. You were here for it. Joe steps. I might not step on them. Thank you for saying I'm not stepping on dead baby corpse. And at least I can step over. We them. we have a we have one of our first hashtags. Hashtag no kids. You that you can back that up over here too. <laughs> back that up with this family as well. P hashtag only pets. Yep, that's yeah, true. Pets are kids. Pets pets are our kids. ML MLH says in uh the fat bat get in my belly. I can't do it too well. Get <laughs> DJ Better said, I would like to know if babies are not infected, so when they die, they don't turn without 
without that, what is the point of right, trying to build so we society? We should kill Judith just for that. We should give her, the, like, uh, SIDS or something. We should do it. We should let Eugene do an experiment on her. Like, use her for, like, use her for scientific testing. I woke up to go feed Judith one morning, and Judith wasn't a crying baby, but a crying zombie baby. <laughs> You know, that would be fucking, that's fantastic. That mirrors life. Shit, that shit happens. Why not? Oh, we got Couchmaster doing hashtag only pets. That's right. Awesome. I like the hashtag only pets. So, uh, so someone else shows up. It was Tobin. Okay, so back to the woods with Aaron and Daryl. And uh, he's asking Daryl if he rides horses. And Daryl says bikes. And Aaron says not 10 speeds. Yeah, and yeah, definitely not talking about 10 speeds. And he says, I know you feel like an outsider. He says he and Eric are still considered outsiders. They've heard their fair share of offensive things from people that are that act nice, but they're afraid. And the more people get afraid, the more stupid they act. Fear shrinks the brain. I fucking love Aaron. I loved everything he said here. I love this. I love the way he's getting inside the human condition in this in this moment. I love everything to do with Aaron and Eric and Daryl tonight. He's completely relating to Daryl. He's completely giving Daryl something to think about and how uh, everybody has struggles and everybody doesn't fit in and and we do our best and that's what makes society and you got to give people the chance (laughs) to not like you for other reasons than just you don't let them like you. (laughs) You know, like there's there's a lot of... of, uh, Good work, good stuff by Aaron. I really like that. I like yeah, I like him. I like him as well. I think this is one of the better things I've seen that guy do too. So. <laughs> oh, Big Kev! Big Kev says he should not say this, but his sister's nickname from him is Buttons. Oh, Big Kev! Oh, Buttons! Oh. We hope you're okay, Buttons. I wrote a song called Buttons once, actually, too. It's it's not that good. It's horrible. But uh, but I, I was thinking about it a lot tonight because it's a sad song about losing a button. So Aaron says, "I know how you feel like an outsider." Him and Eric still are. He says, uh, my favorite line, as I said in this, was fear shrinks the brain. Uh, They're scared of you and me for different reasons. Less of me because they know me and less and less every day and uh, less. So they know you. And then he tells them you really, really should go to the party. And but Daryl. And and the perfect the perfect example of that, Daryl. Hello, is Beth. This is a girl that in her right mind should never even come near you if like society were still up and running like. Beth would be foolish to go, let's go hang out with Daryl and friends today, you know, like (laughs) Merle, right? But like, you know, as Beth got to know Daryl in this, in this all, she got to know the who Daryl actually is. And Daryl's a good guy. You can know Daryl and you can like Daryl and you can love (laughs) Daryl. I don't have the song on cue, guys. Otherwise, I would play the button song. It's on an old computer downstairs. (laughs) It's really poor recording. It was recorded on like a, uh, like a cell phone recording. It's horrible. Uh, MLH says, had an outdoor cat named Buttons. Oh, Buttons. It's a a cute kitty name, too, as well. I will never name an animal Buttons. I will never allow any children I have control over to name their (laughs) pets Buttons. Do you have problems? Should they do that? I will disown. You'll disown them. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So Daryl says he has nothing to prove. Lots of bad people out there that did bad shit and they weren't afraid of nothing. And Aaron says, very, very, very astute. Yeah, they were a dumbass. Don't be a dumbass, Daryl. You're smarter than this. Of course they were afraid. Of course Mayor Joe Hale was afraid. He was very afraid. Yeah. Yep, yep. Cl- cl- the claimers were afraid. Unless you're, unless you're, uh, unless you're like someone like the Joker that just feeds off the energy of being psychopath, psychopathic and killing and murdering, and you don't have, and the fear is what feeds you essentially. But even him probably feels hey, excitement. Hey, I'd be afraid to cook someone the wrong meal. 
Now that you got me thinking about that Kobe lobster, someone comes at me with something else. They better be fucking afraid. Yeah. T- t- DJ Bear, smelly cat, smelly cat. It's not your fault. Oh, girl. Uh, <laughs> smelly cat. Wow. Yeah. You were bringing back some old ass references. <laughs> I love that, DJ. I love that. Terror Chad says, I love uh, uh, <laughs> Sir Pounce. Oh, Sir Pounce. Uh, Terror Chad says, I love Aaron and Daryl bonding so much. Uh, so much. Hands down, the best part of the episode. It was my favorite part of the episode as well. Yeah. Daryl was adopted by a great family. He really was. He was lucky. He got his forever home. Daryl got his forever home tonight. <laughs> no, Daryl already had his forever home with Rick. Right. Wherever Rick is. Yeah. Right. But now he's got a fan. Now he's got a, he's got the support structure that he uh, that he's. Needed. I really like to uh, what when <laughs> conversation about about him wanting him to be a retriever. Yeah, I really liked how that went. I yeah, really liked I agree too. I, I like that whole setup of. I like the whole dinner party setup. A lab. Uh, <laughs> Fernando is too high strung. Daryl is definitely a lab. Fernando Sanchez says uh, confirmed. Joe is the next villain on The Walking Dead. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, Terry Tran says Joe is the name of the Claimers leader. Was yeah, that's who we were talking about. Yeah, Could, Mayor Joe Hale. Mayor Joe Hale. I don't know what his last name was, but he also played a character on a show called Sons of Anarchy named Mayor Hale. So Joe and I just kind of combined the name. And uh, DJ Better said, "Are you calling me old, Joe? No, he's calling us. He's calling us old. Joe and I are old. I, I knew what your reference meant immediately. <laughs> yeah, so. that's what that's what he means. <laughs> Tara Chaired, we we all envy you, young lady. We all envy you. So party at Deanna's house. Bam, bam, Party at Deanna's. Now you can tell the group is really struggling to pit it, but this was this was from." The party and the dinner party, especially this, was hilarious comedy. Comedy on The Walking Dead at its best. They all have awkward entrances, especially Rick and De- Rick and Carol's entrance as they show up in the party. Like it's showing up at parties is awkward as is. And uh, Deanna has a habit of saying, "Oh my." Well, and- I, they were showing up for the party while uh, while Daryl and Aaron were still out, you know, killing horse zombies. Yep, they were. It was an early party. Yeah, it was a sun a sun like it was. It could have been a freaking barbecue. It was daylight out. <laughs> you know, like Terry Chan's we're old, we're old fogies. Uh and Smelly Cat was a Phoebe song on uh <laughs> wait, I'm old, I know that song. But yeah, it was an early party, but you gotta figure it was kinda like they the party probably started at like three o'clock. You hang out for a couple of hours, you have dinner, you drink into the evening. It's one of those kind of parties. And there's no time clock in the zombie apocalypse. There's no no drinking before five. If you, they probably just drink all. Most of those people are just drunks. They probably make moonshine somewhere, and they're sipping the moonshine with their pinkies up. They seem like the type. Yeah, everybody's out building. Yeah. Uh, I want to know if the architect is actually wielding a fucking hammer. Also, Brand the Builder here when we see him. When we yeah, meet yeah, Brand yeah. the Builder, he may have, he may have designed the fucking thing, but that doesn't excuse him from wielding a fucking hammer too, does it? Because is that the society fucking queen lady? And just because she's a town manager doesn't mean she shouldn't be out there fucking swinging a hammer too, <laughs> fucking pushing a broom somewhere. It's not like she's running like a, a, a you know, actual fucking city or some shit. So, uh, so yeah, perhaps everyone needs a little bit of liquid courage to get them back into normalcy because nothing ever goes wrong with alcohol and a bunch of strangers. You know, that's never a bad situation. So uh, Deanna says she's happy for Judith to experience this place. 
And then we get a really awesome moment of Abraham and Rosita entering the party all dressed up. Abraham's wearing like a polo shirt or something. And uh, she's wearing a dress. And uh, and Abraham's like, ah, I don't know about this. I don't know about this place. And Rosita goes, wait a second. They both look miserable. They both look really miserable. But then Rosita says, wait a second. Is that is that beer over there? Oh, yeah. Snap and out of that real quick. he's like, what, beer? I will try to fit in. So here's where we meet Deanna's husband, whose name I missed, who says Rick is an incredible man. He saw the tapes. He saved your, you know, you're responsible for 14 people's life. It's really, really great. It's a, it's a very, you're the man. No, no you're, you're the man. The man. No, you built the wall. The man. And she says, yeah, yeah, yeah. You both got small dicks. Put them away. You, you both built the wall. Oh, <laughs> we're all here now together. Whatever. Yeah. Like, and it, it was a nice moment. He's charismatic, and he and he talks Rick enough into calming down so that Rick can have a glass of whiskey, a shot of whiskey, but not a shot, like a sipping cup. But uh, I'm still, I'm not down. Fine, hold the glass, walk around with that one whiskey all night. That's not going to get you drunk. That's not going to really dull your senses. Even if you took one shot and then that was it for the night, I, I wouldn't be upset. Walk around, nurse a beer. But, yeah, no, there's no getting drunk in the apocalypse. There's no let's party, let's, you know. <laughs> Let's smash this 30-pack real quick, man. DJ, DJ, baby talk, baby talk. It's a matter you can walk. There's your uh, Brady Bunch reference. And uh, Terra Churn, I, I actually feel the same way when it just comes down to it. I'm as much more of a How I Met Your Mother fan than uh, than Friends. I never really got too, too, into, uh, too into Friends. Uh, but if, for old shows, I was into Cheers. But that, those different podcasts all together that we could do. But uh, but just just to go in that yeah, go that for a second. Still on, so many people would still know it's not like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so anyways, so he tries to uh, get Rick to drink, who initially listens to the Joe on his shoulder and says, "No, I'm fine." And which this guy responds, "You don't have to be fine." And Rick looks around and goes, "You know what, Joe? Fuck you! I can get drunk here. I'm safe for the night." And no, I don't think I I think Rick is smart enough to not get drunk. But he definitely got a little buzzed. I think. And I think he was taking the cup to put the guy at ease, and not to put himself at ease. I, I hear you. I think he was a little buzzed, though. I think Rick got a little buzzed. So he noticed whether he was buzzed or not. We can we can leave that for speculation of what people thought from the scene. I, I tend to think he was a little buzzed. He notices the girl from last week and her whole family entering in. So then we cut back to the woods where Aaron trips as they encounter some walkers. And one of the walkers almost gets him, but he slashes it with a knife. And this Aaron's scrappy. And Daryl kind of stabs it in the back and saves it, to which Aaron responds by saving uh, Daryl from a walker coming behind him. And they, and they thank each other, gaining a little bit more respect for each other's talents. And they finally catch up with the horse. But unfortunately, our, our little guy... The zombies... The humans can't catch up, but the zombies. Have but the zombies caught. We went through this a lot earlier, but for however, our poor buttons has been caught. Uh, and yeah, I would love to throw out another rant right now, but now I'm just. Uh, uh, no, you know what? They still didn't kill the fucking horse first. Why don't you kill the horse first? You see it's going down. You see them tearing at its flesh. You're, you're, you're 50 yards away. You do have a fucking gun. Shoot the fucking thing and move on. Get out of there. Shut the fucking fence door behind you. Something. I know it's just a hole, but still, put the fucking horse down first. Damn it. What fucking assholes. I, I, 
pork chops and applesauce. Isn't that swell? Sorry, guys. I can't. I'm, I'm going too far with the Brady Bunch. But, Joe, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. You should have put the horse down first. It, it should have been the number one situation. But I guess when you're dealing in that situation, you want there's only two of them. They want to make sure that they handle the horde around them and that they're not overwhelmed before it's too late. Don't shake your head. That That's what they were thinking. They get, No, that's what you can say they were thinking, but... That, you know, you can't say they're not gonna still tear at that fucking horse, even though you put a bullet in its head. I still, I go. I'm sorry. I care about animals as much as you do, but I kill the walkers first, personally. No, not me. I, and then I kill, I kill the walkers first. I kill the walkers first. I make sure all the zombies are dead around me. Then I worry about the horse. That's just, that's just uh, me. That horse first. I'm not. So they kill. Well, so so they go and kill the walkers. Killed, that's what gets me killed. But. Yeah, I'm not. I, I love animals, but I'm not dying over a horse. I'm making sure all those walkers are dead. So we see, so we see Daryl stabbing the uh, the walker in the back of the neck when we come back from commercial break, and we tell him, and then he tells Aaron to go ahead as he puts our horsey friend to sleep, uh, and uh, and we get a very very emotional moment that I got a little. I got I definitely got misty eyed, even though I'm I kill horses like Joe kills babies, and he said. It, <laughs> And he says that. Well, if Judith was getting ripped apart, I'd put her down too. But it wouldn't take much. No, no, you, 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 no, you, no, no. That's not what you said. You said you'd use her zombie bait. That's what you said, Joe. Right, but you don't have to put her down. She's gonna get. And she's one bite. So they were using the horse for zombie bait. That might as well be a gunshot to a baby. Uh oh. Uh oh. Here we go. Here we go. Sorry, Joe, but I'm killing the walkers first. Here's, here's the. Here's the real the real story behind the Joe, the Joe rant right now. Is Here we go. This, when this scene came up on the show, Katie said, they didn't kill the horse. And I said, yeah, you might want to kill the walkers first so that they don't, you know, get up. So, and so now you're scapegoating Katie. No, no, no. This is, what, this is the actual conversation that transpired. But the more I sat there, <laughs> I agree. I agree you kill the fucking horse first because I'm not convinced they're going to immediately get off that horse and come after me. I think they got a few bites left in them and I'm secure in the fact that I can run faster than these walkers. If I'm not secure in the fact that I can kill. Oh, good, good, good point. Terra Chan. Remember the horse in season one, episode one, maybe you do kill the horse for that. We've, we've established zombie horses. Haven't we? Like they were still eating that thing long afterwards. They were crowded on that horse. They were going to be eating it. So that horse was dead for a while. They were still going to be munching that horse. They were eating that cow in the field that, that got Daryl. Right. You know, and that cow, was that cow dead or die? Was it already dead? I don't know. But no, they're still going to be eating at that horse. That's still <laughs> fresh killed meat, you know, that would have essentially passed away while they were chewing in the first place. Very emotional moment, though, as he, as Aaron says, he always ran. And, uh, and, and Daryl makes him feel better and says, you were trying to help him. And it, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they made it like the, the horse pulled the fucking Tyrese. Like, oh, well, I give up. It's almost like he wanted to get caught because he always used to run away from him. Why didn't he this time? Yeah. That was kind of lame. Is that was sad. a lame rationalization in my head. Uh, Terry Chan asks, <laughs> asks who Katie is. Katie is Joe's better half who watches the show, is the brains behind uh, but behind Joe over there. A little bit yeah, to his... Most of, most of my good stuff originally comes from her, and then I... Yeah, yeah she whispers it to him, and then he says it. It's a, it's a, They're a great team over there. We have our... you'll, hear, you'll hear her in the microphone in the background. A lot of times I'm repeating what she has just said, if you don't hear it. Not a lot of times, but sometimes. She's just a little camera shy. She's a very beautiful girl, but she just doesn't like the camera. 
So when uh so here so back at the party we see Glenn and Maggie are one shot for Glenn really for the evening and Noah. They're asking Noah in another Maggie shot. They're asking Noah if she's I'm sorry, I don't want to get I'm not going on another Maggie rant. She's just too I guess I just have a crush on Maggie, so I want Ma and, and I like the character a lot, and I just miss seeing her on screen more. But that's uh, that's it. I'm not gonna go on a whole rant about it. So so Noah Noah's there, and ugh, fuck Noah. Uh, he says that he's not really into a party, and they're like, dude, neither are we. You think we're into this? And he says I'm going, and they're going, and they go, you're not going anywhere, man. You're staying here right with us. You're our family, which is very. I feel good for Noah, but. I don't know. Why do we check in with Noah again tonight when we still haven't checked in with Eugene since we've been here? I would have liked this time to be spent a little bit more, uh, maybe a moment with Eugene to go back to what Couchmaster was asking and screaming about. If you scroll upward a little bit, screaming Eugene, like in the in the spot in the sp the Khan. Where is Eugene? So he needs Eugene. Yeah. He's there somewhere. He's there somewhere. Play. He's he's actually in one of the kids' rooms playing the video game system. That's probably where Eugene is. He's off oh, playing. Don't let him play the kids' Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Ren Ren when she's off screen and smarter than Joe and Phil put together. Amen to that. This is true. She is absolutely my better half. She is absolutely smarter than the two of us put together. If she actually wrote the show, she she writes some of my material, but. <laughs> You know, most of everything I think in life is handed to me from her anyway. So, as 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 we as we all are from uh, from from in the situation. So so when Daryl and Aaron finally make it back inside the walls, Daryl stands stands sort of outside the party. He doesn't want to go in, and he's he's thinking about going in, but he doesn't go in, and he uh, bumps into Aaron, who says, "How many people out there have ever done this to a party? Raise your hand." Me, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh gosh. I, on a on a couple occasions, I've walked up, even like had like a six pack in my hand, like and been like, "All right, here we go, going in." Oh, no, I'm just going home. Yeah. I think we. I, I think we've all done that. Dead or. You know. Hell, Joe, I do it for different reasons. I once didn't, I circled around a party for several hours, and when I couldn't find a parking spot that wasn't parallel parking, I left because I was like, I'm not parallel parking to go to this party. It's not worth the stress. It was a it was a I narrow went, road. Went, no, it was a narrow road. I just, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> so when, uh, de so they make it inside the walls and, uh, and he, and he goes, uh, Aaron goes, yeah, yeah, I don't, I never didn't even want to go to this party, but since Eric's hurt, I have a built-in excuse. And again, one of the benefits of having us sometimes in this situation when someone's hurt or sick, you oh, can just yeah. be like, everything gets blamed on Katie, <laughs> including my bad jokes. <laughs> So so uh, Aaron invites uh, Daryl over to his house for dinner, and Daryl at first is like, I don't know, and he goes, listen, Daryl, we have some serious spaghetti going on here, so, and I can't say anything to spaghetti, and this starts a, a spaghetti thing going on through the episode. We have a few mentions of spaghetti theme that keeps pushing through from this point on, which I think is really funny. Yeah. Well, I, I really enjoyed everything from daryl walking away from that house but i i actually enjoyed all my aaron scenes this week i really like them i'm glad i'm very happy rick did not put a knife in the back of his skull me too i'm very happy he ate that fucking applesauce <laughs> it was just i mean and i believe and now i really do believe that aaron just hates applesauce you know, I I believed it before too. I was on the I fence. Guess. I was on the fence. But I still I was would have knifed him in the back of the head in that situation if I were Rick. 
He had not eaten the applesauce. Eat the fucking applesauce. Oh, eat the fucking applesauce. So we're back in the party and Rick and Carol make an exchange where they see uh, Olivia and Rick says that it's time to go. Uh, now the place is empty. It's the perfect opportunity. Or Carol says that. And Rick says, should I go too? And Carol says, no, I'm invisible. So uh, that, so that, so then she checks out of there and then we get into our, and then we get into our, uh, sexy look from across the room from Jesse, who, uh, who's looking, who's look, looking at Rick and introduces Rick to her husband, Pete, the doctor who we've heard about who thanks him for, uh, for, for being the uh, constable and arranging security around the town. He invites him by his office next week so we can check him out. And then he goes, ah, oh, maybe I should have told you I was a doctor. <laughs> and, then he, and then he leaves and goes, honey, let me fix your drinks and let me, for some reason, leave you alone with this guy you obviously want to fuck, and I know you want to fuck him, but I'm going to leave you alone at a party with him right now. See ya. And, th- and then walks away. Well, you don't know what kind of relationship they have. Maybe they've talked about this. It's the zombie apocalypse. Enjoy life, sweetheart. It's true. It's true. It's Everyone's in an open relationship in the zombie apocalypse, I guess. No. So, you know, what if they were in a situation <laughs> where if they were, you no. know, just about to be divorced or already divorced? Joe, it's about, it's about. Divorced or anything like that in the zombie apocalypse. Or, you know, separated but still together no. or working on. <laughs> Joe, Joe, ultimately what it's about is is furthering the human seed. You have to spread your seed in the zombie apocalypse. Life is life is fleeting. Uh, I can hear Stephanie saying no from upstairs too. I don't know. I can, I, can, I hear So he asks him if uh if he's having fun, or she asks him if he's having fun and then she goes it's a stupid question. And then she gets in this whole thing about it's amazing an amazing view. Look at the whole room. It's amazing. It's ordinary. People are enjoying their ordinary life we've all been through different things she basically says a similar thing of what deanna said of respecting them but she's talking about the whole alexandria place uh we've all been through we've all suffered something we've all lost people we've all and we're all from different places but we're here and and it's a pretty good view isn't it and he looks at the kids and rick goes yeah it is a pretty good view no, not until he sees the kids. That's what I said. He looks at the kids and he says it's, I thought, it's I pretty good view. When, he, when she first says it, he looks at, like, the gang. And it's the gang at a party. And they're all sitting together. Awkward. And they're all in the corner of the room. It's like the awkward group of geeks at the dance that, you know, can't dance with anybody. That they're too afraid to ask or go mingle or anything like that. They're all just kind of sitting there. Our cast of people who didn't get many lines and stuff like that. I think that's the scene. That's the quick shot of you. Of the, a Eugene shot real quick. Do we something. get a Tara in there too? I didn't see her. Yeah, yeah. And so like, it wasn't like, and then they talk again. There's a couple more lines of back and forth. And then he sees Carl playing with uh, one of the other kids, you know, yeah. Cu- playing cards or tr- trick cards or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I guess I do like the view because now that it's Carl being sociable, acting like a kid, social with other kids, you know, that's really the reason why he's in this town. Now, Anna Banana wants to say that she really wants to get the zombie uh, zombie pasta maker. Where would she get a zombie pasta, pasta maker in the, in the uh, apocalypse? I would guess you'd have to break into a Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah, there's got to be a department store. Is that, no, who, who's taken no the, the... Right, nobody makers. took the pasta maker out of Target, out of Bed Bath & Beyond, <laughs> or Beth Bad & Beyond. <laughs> Beth Bad & Beyond, oh, I like that. I, <laughs> I, th- I am not having a stroke unless that That's sounded awesome. like I'm riding a bus. Yeah, you're having a team delusional moment, and Joe is what you're having. Uh, I I think. Do you 
Do you think the uh, the pasta maker will come back? Do you think we had enough pasta? I think Daryl's bringing back a pasta maker. Me too. Me too. I totally think he's bringing back a pasta maker. That's happening. He's bringing back his friends and a pasta maker for his yes. yeah for his two dads. Yeah, and she, <laughs> so her son, uh, this this woman, what's her name again? Her name is uh, what is this character's? What is the girl's name? Lauren is that her name? Jesse. Jesse is her name. So her son, Jesse's son, Sam. Oh, I want her to get eaten. And now we have even more than 13 characters that can get eaten off in the, in the final episode. Okay, so, so, she, so Sam asks Rick about the cookies. And he says, I know the cookie maker. And the kid says, wait a second. You don't have a stamp. He doesn't have a stamp. He needs an A. You want an A? Uh, let's get him in this cult now, son. Good and, they, and he stamps him with the A, and they're all happy. So speaking of someone that's not happy, Sasha shows up at the party, and uh, Spencer is there at the door to greet her. And uh, he sees that she's trying to escape after she already rings the doorbell. Speaking of things that we've all, we've done before, too, you show up at the party, you knock on the door, you regret knocking on the door once you do, and you try to escape before someone comes back. We've all been there. And he catches her trying to leave. He introduces himself. He doesn't do the whole douchebag thing this time. He doesn't say he's a douchebag. He says, stay with me. I love, I love, and I didn't notice this, America, last week, but a world, everybody, but I love that he's telling everybody how, you know, I can be a hard ass and I'm a douchebag. And he's wearing a members only coat. He, oh, he is. You, you did, you did so say that last if week. If someone's proclaiming they're a douchebag, if they're not wearing a members only coat at that moment, there's something wrong. <laughs> so he's so, not actually a douchebag. He <laughs> is actually a douchebag. But he tells her to make sure she stays by him because uh, Miss Niedenmeyer will be talking her head off about the pasta maker. And uh, that's our first pasta maker, and Sasha walks off. And right from that pasta maker moment, we we fade right into Daryl slurping pasta as Eric and and uh, Aaron are smiling at each other about looking at how ha- how happy what's they are. Aaron, what's Aaron's husband's or boyfriend's? Eric. Eric. Eric is like laughing at him, not just at like the situation. At like he thinks he's cute. It's, it, I, it's, I, it's yeah it's almost like if daryl had looked over daryl would have been extremely offended if he saw her that i think i think i think he would have thought he was being laughed at you know but daryl was having fun with his pasta and i gotta tell you i don't eat pasta you know spaghetti much differently any opportunity i can to slurp even if i was at a freaking fancy place like olive garden i'm slurping (laughs) With those extra breadsticks. Uh, Big, Kev, <laughs> Big Kev says, uh, Rosita got Abraham drunk so that they can have some uh, bang, bang, whoopee, whoopee tonight. And Eugene can watch. That's where Eugene is. He's waiting back in Abraham's room for them to get back home. And he also says, uh, oh, my gosh, Phil, who would be mad if Maggie was was on screen more? She's one. She's very hot. And now she's showered. Glenn must be in heaven. Was that too much? I cleaned your. I cleaned up what you said a little bit there. I'm sorry. Uh, this this bomb's got me stuck. <laughs> I love you, Big Cap. You're you're the man. And uh, Olavella says I definitely agree. I think talking about the ma- members only jacket or in, uh, w- with what you were talking about. <laughs> it's eating pasta in a fancy restaurant like Olive Garden. I was once at a really expensive uh, Italian restaurant not too long ago that I just got lucky enough to be invited out to a dinner, and I was there, and and I'm and I'm sitting there eating my pasta, drinking my soda, and it was one of those situations where I went to yawn. And it just, I couldn't help it. It was like, I was yawning and it just came. It was like, Bleh! And like the whole place was so quiet. It was like this loud, obnoxious burp. It like echoed in the place. And uh, 
yeah, it, it, Italian it, restaurant. Isn't that like, doesn't that mean good meal? It, it is. The, 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 like the restaurant had like, you know, rose up and salute. I was saying thank you. I That was my way of saying thank you. So Daryl's slurping his pasta, fully enjoying it. And they're both smiling, kind of giggling about him enjoying it. Eric asks, uh, and this is the, we get our crossover from the pasta maker. Eric asks, uh, Daryl, if you happen to see the pasta maker out there, uh, you know, uh, one of the, Miss, uh, what, what was their name, Niedenmeyer, won't shut up about it. And, uh, and, and we, this is when, when uh, we have plenty Daryl of drugs. immediately starts feeling like, ah, that's why they invited me and they wanted something. Right, this is, a, this is a they, setup. This was to, pay, to buy me, uh, to buy a pasta maker from someone. Yeah. I see. You're not my friend. You just want something from me. <laughs> Ren Ren and would then, say, "Yeah, and that's part of the look that Aaron Aaron's Aaron has given him." So. Ren Ren would say, "You guys are making me hungry. I might have to eat a can of spaghettios." Oh, yeah, okay. your kryptonite just hit your belly. Just rumbled. oh, thank Ren Ren would like. I love you more and more every day. Oh, spaghettios. Uh, out those meatballs right now with potato chips. A Cola says, uh, what was the story between Abraham and Michonne? We're going to get that in a second. Uh, lots of pasta talk in the chat room right here. Make, it, make him too hungry. I totally felt some chemistry between Michonne and Abraham. I, I thought that was an amazing scene. That was my second favorite thing about the episode tonight. So, uh, so yeah, he says, uh, he says something about Eric asking about the pasta, machi pasta machine. And, oh, even though there's dry pasta, and Aaron gives Eric a dirty look, and e Eric says, you didn't ask him yet. Daryl says, ask me about what. So they cross over, and then Aaron's showing Daryl his garage filled with old motorcycle parts. He says, lots of loose parts. I've collected everything I can get my hands on. But I, and I didn't know what to do with it, but I know you'll be able to fix it because you're going to need a bike. And he tells... Uh, I told Deanna not to give you a job because you're replacing Eric as a recruiter. He sucks at his job. I don't want him to risk his life. Daryl said, and you know how to, and, and Daryl's like, well, you want me to risk my life? He goes, no, you know how to take care of yourself. And I know you don't want to be here hanging out with these I people. Love this. this shows how much he loves, and he's not saying I want you to take over for me because I want no. to be there for him. He's saying, I don't want the person I love out there doing this. You know, it's not the best thing for him. I'd rather it be you because you know everything about this. Absolutely, shit. Joe. And he's also going to be a better partner for me out there. Yeah, absolutely. And he's also saying that I, he's connecting a lot with Daryl in the scene and explaining to him that he understands how he's feeling. And he breaks it right down for Daryl. Like, I know how you feel as an outsider, I know how you feel about people. And he's really connecting to him. And, and I think. It, even though it seems weird, I think they both have a lot in common as uh, in their personality traits and the way they feel as outsiders. And, it, and they connect really well here. And he also says, uh, Daryl, the main reason why I'm doing this is because you know the good people from the bad people. Yep. And uh, Daryl is really, really moved by this. You can see he gets really – he goes, well – well, what you Daryl, you do know the good people from the bad people because he knows that he's <coughs> – definitely had a life that has brought him in contact with many bad people so in melody vision exactly and then we're going to be able to get daryl on a motorcycle i bet by next week next week yeah. by next week we'll have daryl on a motor motorcycle i mean who knows it was under a tarp but i was thinking that looked like a harley for sure I mean, yeah and it like a really nice one and like Dar a, a street glide and Daryl said probably the nicest thing he could ever say to anybody. I guess I guess I have nothing else to do. Thanks. And I'm going to get you some rabbits. I mean that that's like Daryl saying I love you. It really is. That's 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 about about as close as Daryl can come to saying I love yeah, you. I like how he didn't say pasta maker though. So I'll get you some rabbits. <laughs> I, I think 
bringing him a pasta maker too. He's oh. he's finding that pasta maker. Uh, Acola says, I think the writers forgot about Morgan. I don't think so. I think we have to see Morgan by the end of this season. I, th- I, I think we wouldn't have seen him in the early half of the season if he's not coming back. They may stretch it out to the last episode of the season, but I, I do think he's coming back. Uh, so to here we go to Abraham and Michonne. And uh, he walks out and he says, uh, he sees her with a little plastic sword steering a drink. And he says, oh, yeah, the plastic sword. You live by it. You die by it. You're working with, oh, he says you're working. with pastry puffs by it. He says you're working with different steel these days. And yes, and eat pastry puffs by it. He's chugged a few by the end of the party. He's pretty drunk, but he's not out of control. He he definitely says that. He comes straight on and says it. She's like, how many of you had? And he's been like, Wow. Abraham fucking deep. I'm sorry, but I liked both those lines that you're playing with different steel these days and uh, you live by it, you die by it, you eat cream pastries, puffy pastries by it. <laughs> I thought both of those things were very deep in that moment. Yeah. And Michonne looks up at him like, what? That's, you're drunk. How much have you drank? <laughs> and he's like, yo, I'm a large man. So I've, you know, I have many beers to make. I had to drink a few. He says, I'm a large man. I've had many beers to make up for that fact. (laughs) It's brilliant. I love it. I can't wait to use that exact quote the next time I'm out and a cop pulls me over. Wait, I wouldn't be behind the wheel of a car. (laughs) So he says, you've uh, good to know that you don't don't have to use your real sword, but don't get used to not using it, even when it's it should be on your back, even when it's not off your back. When it, even when it's off your back, yes. And oh, yeah, and I don't see any reason. I'm her. Yeah, okay, great. Embrace the fucking town, but that sword should be on your back. Period. You should never be without it. Like, so you got a gun on your hip. Why wouldn't you carry your fucking sword as a cop too? Can we, this show, I agree with everything you guys are saying in the chat room right now. The show's gotten so much better to this point that I do have faith in it that they're going to whip these things up. And we're making so many people hungry in this episode. I'm going to, I'm going to talk, I'm going to stop it up. Abraham was awesome in this episode. I agree that I want more and more Abraham. I, I really hope they do clean somehow. So next, starting next season, we can get more focus on Abraham for a few episodes in a row. Cause he's definitely one of my favorite characters out there. And I could just, and I know he's one of Joe's favorite and I could just deal with more and more Abraham over oh, yeah. time. Michael so, he, yeah. He's a, he's just, he's living that role. He's just, we talk about this a lot with some other shows that we talk about when someone's just wearing the part in the, as a glove. He, he is Abraham. He just bounces off the page. He's, he's what my favorite ginger since chuck <laughs> so speaking of going old school so uh so michonne says she puts on the dress and he says uh that she's trying try again and michonne shows a little bit of the fact that she's feeling the same thing everyone else was feel she might be acting like she's getting along with it better but she also is feeling a little bit of a disconnect and she's trying her best so here we go into our carol going into full spy awesome carol kick-ass moment bump 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 and uh, and Carol goes and she looks into the cooler and she looks in the first of all I thought she was going to the wrong cooler I didn't realize what she was doing at first but she goes and she picks up the chocolate bar the other half of the chocolate oh, bar yeah. takes oh, that oh come on you didn't know what she was doing at first <laughs> I don't buy it you saw what what fucking cooler that chocolate was in yeah and you knew exactly what corner or what room that chocolate I would have been able to and find you were it on your way over to Georgia to go get that to, to steal a Homer Simpson didn't line you? I can smell fudge uh, I can yeah. feel fudge I felt fudge once. Yeah. You and me both knew exactly what cooler that was when she looked at it. I had already marked that with a big red A in my fucking mind. 
So, so she sneaks over and she eventually goes over to the big pile of guns and she grabs a bunch of guns uh, for the for her Daryl and uh, and and Rick. But she's followed in by Jesse's son, Sam, who just couldn't help but follow her because she thought she was some big cookie master and was going to make more cookies, and he followed her out of curiosity. Now, Carol tells him that she could make a whole batch if he likes it. Would you like that? Would you like to make a whole batch? If you, Okay. Now, if you keep it a secret, okay. Now, I, I can't keep it a secret from my mummy. And she says, uh, nope, no one, especially not your mummy, because if you do, if you repeat what you saw here tonight to anyone, you're going to wake up one morning, not in your bed, where you'll be outside the walls, far away, tied to a tree, and you'll be screaming, screaming, screaming. No one will hear you. Oh, wait. Someone will hear you. Something. Something will hear you. Will Do you know what will hear you, Joe? The monsters. And then you won't be able to run as they tear you apart while you're still alive and you'll feel it. And no one will come. No one will come. Or no one will ever know what happened to you. Or Joe, you can have some cookies. I know what I choose. <laughs> what are you gonna choose? What if are you? I were you, I know what I choose. What are you gonna choose? And, and as smart as she is, and I thought that was the absolute most brilliant fucking play she could ever fucking pull off. Because even the people in her group, I don't think would necessarily. No, no one would. Carol would say that to this kid. To this kid. So they will end up fighting to the death for her if this kid was like, oh, she threatened me. They'd all be like, no way. <laughs> Old man did not threaten you. Oh, uh, you know? and, and, and for that, for that fact, so as smart as she was for that, how did she not take measures? Like, yeah, okay, great. You feel invisible. And I know it's a kid, but you still go, you still go around a couple of corners. And once you go around a corner, you wait. You wait, you stand there, or you'll duck into something and you hide and you wait a good five, ten minutes. Make sure ain't nobody else creeping around or, or got eyes on you too. Like, she should have tried to be a little bit more stealthy. Maybe like, that's all I'm thinking. You just don't go break into yeah. the fucking armory or just assume that you're not all being followed. Yeah. Period. I, I mean, maybe you're not looking because a kid's a low center of gravity, but I'm making excuses there. That's me making excuses to try that's to describe it. That's stretching it too far. It you're is. Going no, I know. I'm just. Operation that is vital to the success <laughs> of your survival, you know. Almost as ridiculous need... as buttons. Yes. That, I, I was like. <laughs> Someone really, just said that actually. Really, she got followed by a kid. She didn't like take any measures. Did she walk straight from the fucking party to the? She walked down the middle of the street to do it. Was she just like, okay, I'm gonna stroll to the fucking armory, and okay, I'm in. Melody, <laughs> Melody Vision says, I don't mind Carol scaring the crap out of Sam. He was annoying as hell. I put it oh, in the no. hell. Yes, he was. Uh, Tara oh, Chan yeah. says. It's no, it was unnecessary. This is a little boy who hasn't been exposed to that world. This kid's gonna have nightmares for months. I'd go, I'd, I'd go, I'd go years. Uh, Olavella says that scene with Carol made me fucking uneasy. It made me love her anymore, but it made me love her more. Uh, Melody Vision said I had a big smile on my face when she was threatening him. Skip that one. Uh, Ren Ren would agree with Katie. Smile on my face too. What does that say about us as a, as as people? Like. Yeah, I wanted to see like a puddle of piss on the floor when she was done. I really did. You know it was I there to show that he was that fucking scared. You know that's on the cutting room floor somewhere. That the pile of piss, the, the puddle. Of you know, you know that it's been two years. So what's that kid? Ten. You know that when this kid was eight, he's at least had the conversation a couple times with his parents about strangers and bad things and 
stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, Sorry, I gotta catch up in the chat room a little bit. Johnny Rico, welcome, Johnny Rico. He says, uh, "I'll still think he'll tell his mummy." <laughs> Terry Chan, I think he's tra traumatized. Fucking cookies. <laughs> she had chocolate on her mind. Says Ren Renwood. Igor, 1978, welcome. Uh, I want some of Carol's cookies. I think we all want Carol's cookies right well, now. That kid definitely isn't going back to the party, not fucking shaking his pants. Like, he really, they really should have showed him piss himself because that really was pretty fucking scary. He already knows this woman might be doing something wrong because she's went in through the window in the middle of the night of the armory. Like, I'm sorry. And then that would be, how do you explain this kid pissed himself when you get back to the party that he's going to be this shaken up when you get back to the party. Yeah, he especially because he isn't used to that world, as a couple of people were saying, that he's he, his mom's going to know some shit's up. So, uh, so Jesse, we cut back over to uh, Melody Vision. You have a mean streak. Uh, what's that make us if you have a mean streak? <laughs> Jesse hands Judith to Rick and says, oh, well, I guess, I guess we're very mean. Uh, says, uh, the, as Rick's staring outside and she's playing with the baby, she says, it's an outside's a good view to a quiet neighborhood. And he turns and gives her, uh, and gives her an awkward look and takes the baby back. And uh, then he, he, you know what he does? He, he leans in after a little blush. They talk about kids while he's still there. And uh, he gets what she's been trying to tell him about relaxing, that here is not that bad. She smiles. Uh, he takes the baby back. And Rick goes in for probably the most inappropriate but wanted. But, like, the way he did it, he just went in for this kiss on the cheek that was like – but he beelined it for her oh, lips. Yeah, I thought he was going to go in for more. Didn't you think he was – yeah, he, he did. He, yeah, he beelined it for the cheek. Yeah, he was going for something else, and then he. Uh, he wanted to see what her reaction was going to be, whether or not she was as into it. Because I don't know, I, I I saw real quick on The Walking Dead before I came online because I, I try not to watch that show, but The Talking Dead. Uh, yeah, I try not to watch The Walking Dead. I hate that fucking show. <laughs> I tried not to watch it, but I did see a part where she was like, uh, uh, the actress was like, oh. Uh, I think now that that kiss happened, I think she's really intrigued about or or is really thinking about the possibility of being with Rick. And I say, no bullshit, fuck that. Yeah. When he opened the door with his shirt off, clean shaven, just out of the shower and was like, oh, I cut your hair. Yeah, that actress yeah. had yeah. no idea what she's thinking yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, exactly. If that's what she's thinking, she, she should have known she was flirting with him way before yeah she, and she knows it, he was like he looked at her and he gave her the look and he was going in for the kiss and then he saw that she didn't turn away and then he like smiled at her like i'm gonna get it eventually and then kissed her on the cheek it was a total horrible movie that's where in the doll rick show me on the doll where rick grimes touched you dude all i know too is is how pissed would you be like, but what in can your you own head if you saw that as her husband from across the room too? I'll use your line from earlier. What they they might have some sort of arrangement if she's if or some sort of situation. But honestly, if I but what can you do? You know, you're a fucking doctor. That's Rick Grimes. You're in that situation. It's like, it's like if the king starts flirting with your uh, wife in your even if you're Tywin Lannister, you can't really do anything about it. I just love that Rick is like, fuck that. I don't care that she's fucking married. I don't fucking no, care. Terry Chan yeah. says the act the actress yeah, said she didn't he's even about, he's 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 doing some primal shit. He's it's been a long time. It's been it's been, you know, a couple of months since uh Lori's died. And maybe a couple of months before that, since he had had maybe a year now. No, it's been oh, it's been more than a couple of months. It's been more the baby's gotta be pushing a year? A year, maybe two in that world. Well, they just left the prison. How long were they 
They were at the prison for like 11 months. Without, okay, we'll say the baby's a year old. Yeah, the baby's got to be over a year. Uh, <laughs> the, a- the actress says that she doesn't even uh, like The Walking Dead. She only watched some after getting the role. <laughs> Man, Rick put the Shane moves on that girl, says Joey Ricca. <laughs> yeah, that's the one moment where Rick totally pulled the Shane right there. Yeah, that was, that's, that's the one time yeah. so far since Shane, no matter what anybody else, whatever you've said, that, oh, he's going all Shane, he's going all Shane. This was the Shane move yeah. with a difference. And I'll say this. Shane would have just kissed her. Know that motherfucker. Shane was his friend. Shane was his partner. Shane knows Rick. This and knows Rick necessarily wasn't possibly dead. <laughs> this is, I don't know that motherfucker. He didn't even say your name. He said, my wife didn't introduce himself. Fuck him. Yeah, intimidate me from the shadows. I'll put a knife in the back of your skull and fuck your <laughs> wife on your dead corpse, bitch. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here, folks. Dead corpse, dead corpse, and he means it. <laughs> so after the after the awkward kids, like right now, if I had one to, oh, I do, but I don't want to drop the mic I'm using. No. Drop the mic. Show over. Those, those cost money. <laughs> Make sure you guys subscribe. Show over. Done. <laughs> So, so Sasha, we cut over to, uh, after the kiss move, we cut over to Sasha, who's in the middle of a panic attack at the party, which I thought visually, this was, this along with, and I'm going to make a weird uh, comparison, this along with a scene that they did in Iron Man 2, I mean, excuse me, Iron Man 3, when Tony Stark started to freak out in a party, or freak out in a bar when one of the kids goes yeah, and asks him. really well, too. I, I good. Good callback, Phil, because that's really good. I, I that, it, it, this scene really well in that party. Too. Yeah, this scene reminded me a lot of it, and the show did an excellent job. But being someone that actually does deal with this kind of feeling sometimes, and can have to, you've seen. I've been out with Joe and 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 like run out of a bar that we're in because I can't deal with the people or something like that. I mean, it's, it's it happens sometimes. We've all been in this kind of moment, and I think that I think they they did this really well in this moment. And in Iron Man three, it's another example of a time where they did that really awesome, and. Uh, and Deanna's just pushing the issue. She's kind of an instigator. She, uh, and uh, but I thought it was awesome. This woman's like comes up to her, and we have like a really awesome well, trip out moment. I, I really like what she, the things she's hearing. So the, yeah, she the keeps parts of the stories are this one doesn't brush his teeth, and that'd be really nice if he did. I want a pasta and, oh, maker. Believe what she said. How could she have worn that? Oh, and it's all this little bickering shit. Like really, you. You, you, you're bitching about him not brushing his teeth? We were just on the road. We didn't have enough water, enough spit in our fucking mouths to brush our teeth for oh, the last oh, Joe, six months. Joe, Joe, fucking, Joe by the way, what's, what's your favorite meal? Because I want to cook you your favorite meal. Oh, I'll fucking kill you if you get it wrong. <laughs> I'll fucking kill you just by asking what my favorite meal is. I'm right really now. worried about it, Joe. I'm really worried oh, about... That's what you're worried about? It's... That's what you're worried about? Yeah, and then she fucking... Really, I absolutely oh, agree with her. She needed to say that. This is a fucking fairy tale. You people are out of your fucking minds. You don't understand what's out there. There are fucking cannibals that ate my yeah. fucking boyfriend's leg. There are people that... There are zombies that just ate my fucking brother. Like... What what is wrong with you fucking people? There's nobody up in the fucking tower. Are you serious? You guys are in here drinking, talking about pasta makers and shit. Right. Like 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 okay. Yeah, I understand they haven't been out there. They don't know what it's like, but they have sent people out there. They do know that they haven't seen any real people that they have to go 100 miles to find people to recruit to come back to a, this paradise like 
I, are you serious? Like, and and I got and I gotta say, we give Sasha a lot of crap, or we have in the past. This actress did an awesome job in this scene, portraying this moment. I gotta give this her. This was my t- favorite scene with her in the, since since the birth of Sasha on The Walking Dead. Yeah, she she did this, this great. Is my favorite episode, favorite scene with her, and therefore it's got to be my favorite episode yeah. with her too, because this that one. That one scene, that one little freak out and her finding it like, you people are fucking out of your minds. Oh, like. Olavella says, Sasha is abso-fucking-lutely right. right. Yes, yep. absolutely yep. right. And thank you for spelling it like that. That was something my mom used to always say. Abso-fucking-lutely, <laughs> Philip. <laughs> that, was, that was one of her main things she'd say to me. That's right, Joe. Abso-fucking-lutely. <laughs> That's right. So the next morning, uh, Deanna tries to comfort or lecture her more and figure out exactly uh, what Sasha... At the gate, as she's walking out of the gate with her gun and a box of, cl- a box of shells, at least let her go blow off some steam or just leave. Either way, like, who the fuck cares? Yeah, and, she, and Sasha's like, this place isn't real. It's all fucking bullshit. It's all fucking an illusion. And she says, I accept what you're feeling, but that's all bullshit. And it's no, you're the one that's full of bullshit. This place is an illusion. I mean, I don't, I don't object to the idea of trying to get into a place where you can start to relax and think for a second that you might be safe. If you can set up your defenses and be like, Rick, I think there's a happy balance. But so I think I think there is a way you could because I, and I think that's what Rick's thinking at the end of this episode. He's like, whoa, you know, if we badass this place, if we Rick Grimes this place up, we actually could probably stay here for a long time. It's just the yeah. people here are just pussies. Yep. And, and, and that's that's exactly the truth of it, really. Oh, these comments are great right now. Yeah, you guys, are, you guys are, you guys are off the hook in the chat room. Tonight. Thank you so much. The cookbook, Igor, would be amazing. <laughs> Bob's leg would taste better than any of that shit they're serving in Alexandria, and Mayor Joe Hale's fruit dip would be fucking fantastic. Rick's favorite. Terry Chan, Terry Chan, I thought so too, or I thought in that moment when uh, she slams the gate, pissed off, that the thought of casting Sasha out went through her mind. There, she's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm two minutes away from kicking Sasha out. And she eventually does give her the gun and slams the gate all pissed off and lets Sasha walk off and do her thing. Yeah. So then we're back to our meeting spot with Carol, Daryl, and Rick. And Carol's like, uh, your pick of weapons, whichever ones you want, uh, easy success. And I got chocolate. Anyone want to – You thought they were kicking her out? I, no, I, no. no that, I th- what I said was I thought that it went through Deanna's mind as she was slamming the gate thinking that – there's Ugh. no way kicking her out flies. I don't think that went through her mind one bit. I think it you d- cannot kick Sasha out without losing the 13 you're trying to keep because all 13 of them will leave with her the moment you say. I'm not saying you we're can. kicking her out, you're getting the knife to the back of the skull. No, no, no. We're not kicking her out. We're taking the town for ourselves. Yeah, you but if you. Th- I hear you, but she's smart enough not to say it out loud, but it, I, that doesn't mean she doesn't think it. It doesn't uh, mean she doesn't think that this girl's okay. more trouble than she's worth. Okay, she's just not going to say it out loud. That, this woman's. No, 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 that might be true. She might actually have thought that because I find this woman to be very scared. She slammed yeah, the fucking right. gate. She, she slammed the gate and kind of like pissed offness at Sasha. Like, fuck yeah, this I chick. I think they were actually kicking her out. No, that, and, I wasn't saying that. And, I said that the thought went through her mind that she right. could. And, and I think that, uh, that the more Sasha says or the more shit like that that gets says, said, the more it undermines 
her authority by saying everything's good here we're making a society i am the leader in this oasis look how you're protected my husband has made this wall and made you all safe now listen to what i tell you to do olavella have mansion olavella agrees with you i don't think she thought about it either deanna's way too smart to 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 think she could kick any of these people and i agree with that she's way too smart to think that she could separate any of these people deanna is a lot of things but she's not dumb I don't think she's dumb. And uh, Carol is like your pick. Daryl says, do we really need these? And if shit went bad, do we really need guns? And you know what, Daryl? This is the one time I wanted to tell Daryl to shut the fuck up. And I wish they said, yeah, you don't need it because you're carrying around your crossbow still. So if shit went down, at least you still have your crossbow. But whatever. It, he said not now. And he doesn't want a gun now. And uh, he, he said, uh, you asked me to check out this place and I'm good. And refuses the gun. But Carol and Rick are like, no, give me the weapons. And she hands the gun to Rick and Rick takes the uh, the revolver. Yep. So then we go to the scene with Michonne who's putting her sword up on the mantle. We have a little hammer that's down on the uh, ground. Down as she just hung up and she's displaying her sword as uh, in, her, in her house on her mantle piece and going without it. Because it doesn't fit in in her costume. And uh, then we go back to Rick at the uh, at the um, at the gate, and there's three coming in, going into oh, coming back at the gate, and the three of them are going in different directions. Daryl, Carol, and Rick are all walking in different directions. And Rick sees Jesse, who's with her husband, and they say hi, and they smile, and and they all flash with the A symbol on it, and he smiles and flashes his hand back. Was this is one thing I I I'm trying to remember. Was the kid with them too? Or was it just the two of them? No, it's just the two of them. Just the two of them. Okay. So she walks over with her husband and... Now I don't know. Now I'm like, now I can picture the kid running in front of them a little bit, I think. Okay. So I'm trying to remember if the kid was there. See if anyone in the chat room knows if the kid was... Kid no, was no after they flashed the A and walked by, the husband really didn't acknowledge him at all. No. No, did he's the husband like grab I know he put his arm around her, but did he actually like grab her ass at all? Uh, or just hurried her around? He hurried her around. He hurried her around. And Rick immediately grabs his, puts his hand on the holster gun and gives them yeah, a, sh- my new girl like that. a shady look. A, mm, baby, don't touch my woman. Like, mm-hmm, like just eyeball fucking her as she walked into the house. Like, I'm getting, yeah, yo. like the Wayne's world that she will be mine one day. Carl, oh, yes, she will. Carl, Carl needs a new mama. Carl needs good mama. <laughs> she look, she's got some child bit making hips. Judith needs a sister. <laughs> She's just looking at it, giving her the shadiest look I've ever seen Rick give a girl. Like, I've never seen Rick look at someone like that. It gave her the up to, up and down. And uh, then the happy music of the Bee Gees song that, uh, that Anna Banana was talking about earlier kicks in. The haunting versions of the uh, Bee Gees songs. It was called Spicks and Specks, I believe the name of the song. And he hears a noise from the wall and he kind of walks over the wall and gets into hardcore Rick Grimes mode of being a little... Uh, you know, soldier. He, he thinks there's one inside the gate at first. Right. And then he goes and he realizes that it's well inside the other side of the wall and it's really posing absolutely no threat to where to where he is. And he's he like, like he like puts his ear up against the wall and mm-hmm. like it just slowly fades like from there. It just stays on him and the music plays. And, and he, he looks at the he stares the at the and he stares at the A in his hand for a second too. Which, which I thought in that moment, if at any moment I thought he th- thought about Terminus for a second, against I'm projecting, I don't know, that he thought, oh, whoa, A, and it triggered something in his mind, a memory. If, if it was anything, that was the moment where it came together or whatever. And that was the end of our episode. 
So holy- I agree with you, Terra Chan. The whole Jesse, the instant attraction, the new love interest, or the oh, want to kill this guy for this girl kind of thing with Rick. I don't really particularly like that. I find Jesse useless. And Joe, to, uh, Joe, to, yeah, I was gonna say that. Uh, just, just to, we've disagreed about stuff like this in the past when we were talking about like Better Call Saul and stuff. I'm with you on this one. I find it a little too. I don't want romantic uh, stuff like this happening on my Walking Dead. I don't care. I. That being said, maybe it's gonna go some interesting places that I'm not seeing that I could that maybe it will. So, but even so, it seems a little convenient and quick. It does seem a little convenient and quick. So I'm, I, I am with you on that one. Rick has a lot more, uh, lot, a lot more important stuff. Uh, big, big, sexy. Welcome. Oh my God, I'm late. But Carol had me cracking up talking to that kid, and Rick wanted to blow her husband up at the end, and then, and then wanted to have sex with her, like with the dead husband lying next to them. That's what she wanted to go full. Oh, I'm not gonna say it. Wanted to do some crazy uh, stuff right there, folks. So let's talk quickly about uh, our scenes for next week, and then we'll catch up a little bit in the chat room before we end. Uh, we had we heard a Gabriel voiceover, so it seems it's gonna be Gabriel heavy. And we also saw oh, a, with oh, with a lot oh, of uh, a lot of faces with a Gabriel. A ca- that's a character centric episode that I do not need. I do not need Father Gabriel taking up an hour of my night next is it gonna be a very upset if it's if it's like gabriel basically him gabriel and eugene it was looking like from the previews but it doesn't seem like it's gonna be there we also saw a lot a lot of abraham fighting in the preview so maybe it will be an abraham heavy and it's tough well we saw a lot of like weird shit going on that was like i think scenes from the rest of the season not just next week are you sure about that I uh I don't want to say yes I'm sure about that but I want to say uh, I think so what there's only like three episodes left right mm-hmm. three so yeah I want to say that this is the time they start running promos like little clips from from all three episodes to get you and then next week you'd be like what I didn't see that part now what do you uh, uh thank you Anna thank you so much for being able to join the live chat through tweets tonight I really do appreciate that uh do you think that and this was a question someone was asking me over the week from Twitter. I'm sorry, I don't have the name right right on me, uh, but they were asking where we think the rest of the season will go. Do you think that all of our action will happen in the last episode and our next two episodes will be similar to this one with building up stuff with a big bang at the 90 minute uh, finale, or do you think we're gonna? Do you think we can get another episode next week like this one and last one? No, I think I think they got to hit these last three episodes with action. I really want nothing but fucking action. What I want, I want lots of zombies. Finally, I want. Oh, good. Oh, I want production that's probably well over their budget. <laughs> <laughs> so Olavella says at the end of the Talking Dead, we saw they saw that uh, the preview clip. Uh, Gabriel will be in it, but I think there's also going to be some other shit going down. So it'll be interesting. We hear Gabriel talking about a devil's a- uh, angle in a lighted disguise. He's talking about Rick's group being evil or something like that. Tyra and Eugene are people I want to see. Gabriel, not so much. I do. We also got a lot. Of, it's worth crossing over to it. We got to see Eugene in the previews, and I hope we get to see a lot of Eugene, if we're going to have a Gabriel episode, we need to cross it with something lighthearted and a little bit uh, comic relief type stuff with uh, with the, the man of science, man of religion angle that might be going on next week. And I got to I got to say this, Tara Chan, uh, the man of science, man of religion thing. But Tara Chan, you make a good point. You know, 
how can anybody religious be religious at this point in the apocalypse? Well, that's what true faith is. And as far as the second part of that, without thinking God is a, a complete asshole at this point, well, if you read the Bible, you know God's pretty much a complete asshole at every fucking point. Listen, you got to kill your kid for me. You got to, uh, you know what? I want you to build this ark and be shunned and gather up all the fucking people. I ain't gonna tell you, you know. He 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 does some pretty fucked up shit to people. What 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 other fucked up shit did God do to people? What he did to Saul and his family, but with with all that stuff, like. God is not a nice guy. Yeah. God does some pretty bad stuff to, to a lot of people. <laughs> I know the the Egyptians enslaved the Jews, but you know what? Um, we're going to kill every single one of their firstborn sons, not just the bad ones. Uh, Sneak Peek 2 also and, shows... Uh, you know I'm going to even put my own son up on the fucking cross. That's how much of a bastard I am. Okay, so Sneak Peek 2 also says, I don't know, says Sneak Peek. Welcome, I don't know. But Sneak it's a beautiful religion, and I love it. Also says Rick uh, talking to a slightly drunk Pete will be in the episode as well. <laughs> So interesting. Very interesting stuff. So I guess this is a good place to cut off. Everyone, thank you so much for checking out and being a part of our Walking Dead discussion. You can keep the discussion going all week in the uh, chat room section. And, uh, and yeah, if you, uh, please, if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. And you can email me at igotissuesman at gmail.com. Check out all our podcasts at issuesprogram.com. You can uh, uh, download or, excuse me, subscribe to the iTunes feed. Uh, for just the Walking Dead recaps are all recaps. You can find all of that in the description box below. So, guys, I will talk to you. Uh, we will both talk to you tomorrow night for some Better Call Saul. And we will be back on Wednesday evening, probably around 8, 39 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, to talk about the fourth episode of Game of Thrones, Cripples, uh, Bastards, and Broken Things. One of my favorite lines in the whole in the whole book. Me too. It's some really fun stuff. I don't know. Thank you so much for checking us out for the first time. And uh, and Joe, to back up your point, when it really comes down to the zombie apocalypse, you it's a tough tough way to tough place to be religious and be in that. But it, even if but you, but it just is, to you, let me finish, it. Joe. But no. even if you were to be religious, and I wanted to have a holy man in my life, Gabriel would be the fir- would be the last person I'd want leading me there. Exactly. Exactly. Knowing the truth about Gabriel puts him out of the running for any of it. And if you can keep your faith in the zombie apocalypse and the light of all that stuff, that is an actual beautiful thing. And I and I don't begrudge you that. But Gabriel's so, not the guy. He's not the one. Gabriel. He's not the one to have faith in <laughs> no. Anyway. He's not the Keanu Reeves. He's not the one, guys. And and I do like that they did put someone in there. I mean, they had Herschel who had faith issues, but still loved God and all that, but was still an honorable and just man. And you didn't, I didn't begrudge him his religious beliefs, but now we have Gabriel who's got all these conflicts and just, he's a flawed character. He's this priest who let his flock die outside his Yeah, walls yeah. We'll, we'll, now we'll, I we'll, love for him and I don't find him religious. And as far as I'm concerned, I, the sooner he gets eaten, the better off it is for me. Absolutely. And, 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 and let's, we'll definitely have a lot more to say on Gabriel next week. Cause it seems like it's going to be a Gabriel centric episode. So guys, we will be back next week to talk some walking dead. Thank you guys again so much for joining us. It's a lot of fun to talk to you guys and share the episode with you guys. So talk to you guys next time. Peace out.